is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode, and I can't believe I'm saying it, another year of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. That's right, one-year anniversary today. We're feeling festive, and we have a great show for you. Our guy Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press will join us before the Jets take on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Get his thoughts on uh, tough weekend for the Jets. Blake Wheeler's comments yesterday where this team is going into the final couple weeks before the deadline, as well as uh, a matchup that regardless of where the teams are in the standings is always a special one when you get the guys with the title belts coming to town. Um, So that's going to be coming up and a very special guest. So appreciative of Frank Cervelli's support. And Frank is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on where the Jets are, some of the things happening around the team this season, as well as um, Kevin Dayoff's list of to-dos for the upcoming trade deadline. So going to be a great, great program. We will also, we might even add a third guest to see how things go this afternoon, because if you're just maybe jumping on or uh, listening to the podcast later on, like literally within about 15 minutes since we've been on the air, Adam Schefter's broken the news that Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. Blockbuster trade in the National Football League coming off of Aaron Rodgers signing earlier today, an extension with the Green Bay Packers. So a huge trade, still waiting on details for that, but uh, lots for us to chew on. Now, uh, listen, before I thank our sponsors and thank everyone that's with us, let's get Remus in here because, uh, of course, we are uh, partners on this thing, doing different things, but before... I say anything to anyone. Uh, the first big thank you and shout out goes to uh, goes to my guy Remo because uh, he has been the Iron Man, the brains of the operation. I joke that he's the CTO, but much, much more than that. And uh, we're now into show 253 of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, and uh, Remo is batting 253 for 253. I think I've had. Four days off between the Aikens trip and the Ryder Cup last year. Uh, but death taxes and Michael Remus uh, commanding the ship each and every day from Monday to Friday. So, Remo, cheers to you. Cheers to an incredible first year. And uh, here's to uh, here's to many more. Yeah, wow. I haven't, yeah, I haven't taken a day off on a non-stat day in the last year. And I'm okay with that. I'm having so much fun uh, doing this. I appreciate everyone in chat. Thank you, uh, Chris Beck. Uh, for that super chat as well. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you to the sponsors, listeners. Um, thank you, Hustler, for coming to me saying you wanted to keep this going. Because as I said, I wasn't sure if I would still uh, be doing sports media uh, after everything happened. And um, here we are a year later, 253 shows. Uh, pretty pretty incredible. So uh, I'm looking forward to the, this upcoming year. Hopefully we see an improved uh, Jets hockey club in September. But we're looking forward to the trade deadline, the bomber season, a lot, lot to get to. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and it goes without saying, um, you know, Chris, and uh, I, I see another super chat coming in from Benjamin Lawrence. But, I mean, so many of you that are with us, um, you know, on the podcast every day that, you know, I see you at games and you mentioned, I mean, we don't get that immediate reaction that we do from the people that are with us on YouTube, from the podcast folks. But your support is 
um, has been incredible. Um, you know, the way the word is spread through word of mouth in a lot of ways from people that are listening to it, showing people how to, you know, just, you know, open up the podcast thing on their phone if they haven't used them before, put in Winnipeg Sports Talk or subscribe on YouTube. Um, you know, that support has been incredible. And I mean, Remo, I, I think one of the things I'll give you all the credit for the YouTube side of things, because I know you were screwing around, you know, playing hockey on your Twitch channel with uh, your with your crew a couple nights a week and started learning about the streaming. But I mean, when we started this, I really did think that this was essentially taking what we did on radio and, you know, tweaking it as we wanted, but delivering it as essentially an audio uh, property. Um, and listen, the majority of people still consume it via audio, but to put it onto YouTube, where I famously said we'll probably have like 10 or 12 keeners that might pop by for 10 minutes just to see us record the thing, and to what it's turned into every day on YouTube has been amazing. And I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, this entire Winnipeg digital sports scene, if you want to call that, with the illegal curve guys who, credit to them, did not miss a single beat. Um, you know, we got whacked on the Tuesday or whatever it was. And the illegal curve hockey show was at its normal time on that Saturday. And of course, our great friends, Ken Weeb and Sean Reynolds, who have done such a great job with Kenny and Rennie. And uh, I hear it all the time. I mean, uh, you know, as much as it sucked to have our 24 hour sports station shut down, um, you know, between ourselves, I see Kenny and Rennie uh, and much more. I mean, there is so much content coming out every day. And I think a lot of people, I know myself, I prefer to consume it this way. So it has been, uh, it has been a wild year, um, gone better than we could have imagined. And I'm so excited for the upcoming year. And, and it goes without saying, I mean, you know, I, uh, I was maybe less worried than Michael was as uh, he's the one with a young child and a wife. Uh, but when you have something that happens like, uh, you know, putting 10 years into a place and all of a sudden, uh, they turn out the lights with 20 minutes notice, you know, there's some real world challenges that come into it. And, uh, as much as we love to do this, you can't do it each and every day, uh, with the commitment that we do and the amount of work that goes into it without having, um, you know, some people that are helping us pay the bills and our sponsors from day one, with Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Trevor Knott and Knott Auto Corp, and the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, and of course, Chris Abbott from Coolbet that's been so good to us, were there with us on day one. They're all here right now with us today. And since then, in adding the likes of incredible local companies like Little Brown Jug and Princess Auto and uh, F Apparel and Vita Health and Culligan Water and Manitoba Battery, Donnie and the guys, um, not to mention James and the gang over at Canadian Club. It has been, um, it's just, been, it's been phenomenal. Uh, we can't thank everybody enough. And uh, as I say, we won't spend too much time on it, Remus, but I, I think it was important to recognize everyone that's helped us so much get to this point and uh, get ready for year two. Yeah, wow. Shout out to Chris Beck. Uh, another, another super chat. Uh, that is, hmm. that is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I, I'm so appreciative of all, all our sponsors. Um, you know, I posted on my Instagram feed. I don't, Really, I think I hadn't posted on there in two years, but uh, I posted, uh, you know, I started off doing this on the floor of uh, my basement and on an Ikea lack table and everyone laughed at me. And now I've transformed our spare bedroom into a real uh, studio slash office here. So this when is... you grew up like a real adult, you don't sit on the floor anymore. I mean, yeah. it's all happening. Hey, I... Kochi 51, Jeff Kabilis, you guys, thank you so much for uh, for the support. Um, we did do that tweet out, and uh, of course, 
the uh, let's just see what Kochi has to say. Are you guys aware how important your show is to Winnipeg sports fan expats? You're doing a great job. Thanks. Thank you, Kochi. We appreciate that. I mean, we see the folks in and around Winnipeg when we're out and about at games and whatnot. But, you know, the feedback from many of you that maybe aren't in Winnipeg right now that keeps you connected to our Winnipeg sports scene, uh, it means a lot. And we appreciate the support. And then we got guys like Kabilis who are, uh, I mean, to me, Jeff is a perfect example of the people that we do this before. I mean, I always envisioned, and this goes back to starting the show with Gary over a, more than a decade ago, that, you know, the best sports talk is fun conversations that essentially, if you weren't doing it in front of microphones, you'd be doing it over the bar top at your favorite watering hole with your buddies talking about the Jets and the Bombers and the things that, you know, dr um, drive the needle for uh, for sports fans. and. Um, Kabilis is one of those guys, an incredible supporter of all of our Winnipeg sports teams, like so many of you are. And, uh, you know, the support of having a guy like him in with us just about every day live on YouTube is uh, is what it's all about, Remo. And it's made it even more fun than I could have possibly imagined. Yeah, I love seeing, uh, you know, every day in the stream here, there's so many familiar names. And, you know, we do the marble race. We put like 150 names and I'm always happy that someone we know is in there. I mean, I there's I could list off so many, uh, so many regulars uh, here. So I see people dropping super chats. David the Fantasy, he's here frequently. General Tom, this is uh, this is pretty incredible. And yeah, I was getting hot. I took off my uh, new WST hoodie there, so I, I had to take it off. It's hot in here. We have, you know what? It's um. Let's see here. Is Jeff Kabilis a WST Hall of Famer? I don't know if we've actually made an official Hall of Fame for our listeners. <clears throat> But I'll tell you what, he's first ballot. I mean, there's a lot of first ballot Hall of Famers with us in right now. And hockey guy Jeff, very interesting question. Probably go with option three, but uh, not that picky. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, let's get to this because we have a lot to uh, a lot to discuss. Um, and we appreciate this. And I know we'll get into it a little bit more when Hammer, of course, joins. The, the one other thing, actually, I should mention, speaking of Hammer, um, Huge thanks have need to go out to our guests um, because we've got an incredible group of some of the regulars that are with us on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, many other guys in the Winnipeg sports scene that have joined us, you know, whenever we ask and they seem to enjoy coming on, but we certainly enjoy having them on. Um, and then people from the likes of Frank, who's coming on a little bit later on and, um, you know, the, uh, you know, all the way to a guy like Jerry Rice and then uh, Andy McNamara and Mo Khan. And, um, you know, these are guys that we just love talking to. And um, the beautiful thing is no one's telling us who to get on or uh, when we need to have them. So we sort of put together a group that I think really, uh, really clicks. And uh, uh, but especially those members of the Winnipeg media um, led by Jeff and Ken and Marat and Mike and uh, Scott Billick and Sean Reynolds, uh, Ted Wyman. Um, these guys are, um, you know, have just been for so many years have been leaders and go-to guys for all things sports. And uh, the ability to let their voices be heard, maybe in a different way than the written word. Um, but more importantly, I mean, these are be doing the same thing with them, as I said, over a beer at the bar if we weren't doing it in front of a microphone. So uh, onward and upward, Remus, but a huge thanks to the guests that have been so great to us. Yeah, I think uh, Tim Campbell, JP, VJ, I'm trying to think of people who've come on uh, regularly. There's there's so many, uh, so many guests that we've had that have been generous with their time, and I'm so happy we're able to continue this, uh, continue this going, um, you know, 
over over a year, pretty wild. I wasn't sure if we'd last, you know, the initial three months or even a day. I gotta be honest, like the first show has you go watch Repo, like I had no idea what we were doing the first week. Like I had done stuff. I had done stuff on YouTube. And like you can watch the show and I'm like, okay, you're on, go. And it's like on (laughs) on the stream and you're like looking into the deer in headlights. So uh, we've come a long way where I can just like sit down like right before and get it going uh, a year ago i really had to, had no clue hey listen jet oil tom uh david Le- the fantasy thank you so much for the super chat travis irvine much appreciated cheers gents click up the great work kenny's water bottle another maybe oh, yeah. one of the one of the leading uh youtube handles uh, in it Here. hope this is enough to get you a couple of liters of uh, gas <laughs> i i do want to give a special shout out to kenny's water bottle who asked for my address and he mailed me a gift hus i don't know have i showed you this i think i sent you the picture you did yeah. but you haven't shown everybody uh, you haven't shown okay. everybody yeah you definitely need to get that elliot what up elliot hey uh working on an uh, aiken's return just talking to Pitt. Hopefully, maybe we'll uh, right. see you out so, there, Elliot and uh, and Jason Jet. Thank you very, very much for uh, the generous super chats, guys. We uh, really do appreciate this. I'm gonna. I'll pull this up right now. So Kenny's water bottle sent me a gift. Here I am, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart autographed pink sunglasses. They're in a package, signed uh, right there. You can't see it in the light. There's the signature. So I got I got two pairs. I don't know what I'm gonna do with these. Maybe frame them or what. But I emailed him. Uh, I don't. I'm too nervous to wear these. But uh, I I was a big, huge Brett the Hitman Heart guy growing up. So uh, to get these from Kenny's water bottle was a total uh, total shock. So thank you so much. That is Thanks. amazing. Uh, Art Cooper, thanks, uh, WST, for bringing in a little bit of sunshine to my little cubicle of hell at work. God bless. Uh, uh, free Oleg's spamming I, marbles. <laughs> I, I, I timed him out. He's, 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 he's got to take a time split, out. Drop the ball gag. That was another memorable show from yeah. the first uh, from the first 252. So, oh, oh, and geez, yeah, the wrestling guys are fired up for the... Uh, for the uh, the bread the hitman heart shade. So um so listen, Reem, um we're gonna be spending a lot of time talking jets and we'll maybe focus in on everything that's happened the last couple of days with Jeff Hamilton coming up a little later on. We are going to get Frank Cervelli joining us in uh less than 10 minutes right now. So we'll kind of talk about the trade deals, uh his big report that he had about the NHL and the KHL severing relations yesterday. Um, but let's just get right to the breaking news. I mean, I know we normally spend the most first hour and a half talking hockey, but holy smokes, Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos today from the Seattle Seahawks on the heels of Aaron Rodgers, the drama queen of all of sports, finally ending the waiting game and inking a four-year extension at about 50 mil a season to stay at Cheesehead in Green Bay. Man, I'm so sick of this guy with the drama. Is he going to get traded? Is he going to stay? Is he going to retire? Yeah, I don't care about that. (laughs) Um, uh, So, I mean, now he signs a four-year deal after, like, threatening them that he was going to leave. I mean, he's one of the best to to ever do it. Uh, You know, he's only got one Super Bowl, and they came up short this year as well. But, I mean, huge for Green Bay. And I think it makes that Jordan Love draft pick a couple years ago, which at the time seemed really dumb, like, even more stupid like why they wouldn't draft a, a receiver to give him some help so i, I mean, was just talking to dusty about it on the lock shop because it broke while we were doing the show mm-hmm. and he brought up that point and when you think about it 
They picked Jordan Love and allowed the Minnesota Vikings to grab Justin Jefferson. Like, can yeah. you imagine if Jefferson just simply, you just change that pick. Instead of taking Love, you take Justin Jefferson there. I, I would think that the Packers might have another Super Bowl by now. I mean, he is that good. And the big story has been, you know, outside of Devont- Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that'd be crazy. But um, that being said, he's staying. And now Russell Wilson moving to that AFC West. Man, the AFC West, uh, their quarterbacks are absolutely absurd. Um, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, and now Russell Wilson. That is going to be a fight to get into the playoffs. They got that additional playoff spot, so maybe three teams from the division can get in. But that is, I mean, he's a franchise guy, won a Super Bowl, went to another. Uh, they famously lost uh, after you know not running it with Marshawn Lynch. So... Uh, that's a huge trade. Your ears perk up when you see a guy like Russell Wilson getting traded. He's meant so much to Seattle. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. I'm not too up to date. I know their defense. You know, they've not really the same. It's not the same team anymore as before. Um, you know, there's been complaints by the fan base about Russell Wilson's usage. You know, not letting him throw. Pete Carroll likes this conservative, run-heavy offense. So I don't, I don't know what to make. But it seems like this is a failure uh, by the coaching staff not to keep. Uh, Russ Happy. I mean, you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and they're not throwing these guys the ball um, as much as they should be. So, I, I think it, I maybe I'm wrong, Hus, um, but but that's my take on it. You, yeah, um, you know, you're right. Listen, DK and Tyler Lockett are not pumped right now, and I'm seeing no. Adam Schefter reporting that Drew Locke is part of the trade to the Seahawks, and uh, my buddy Skylar Peters who does an incredible job over at 680 CGOB and uh, famously uh, interned with us over at TSN 1290 back when he was in school, is a hardcore Seahawks fan. And he's just is tweeting, Drew Locke, question marks, exclamation marks. So uh, I can't imagine there's a lot of excitement about this deal right now when it comes to uh, Seattle. And uh, I guess the big question is, how will Sierra handle Denver and Colorado? Because as we know, um, when it comes to celebrity couples involving quarterbacks, Russ and Sierra right at the top of the list. And uh, I think we can all agree that she is uh, somewhat of a shot caller in that household. Yeah, I was going to say, I think of celebrity quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But they, are they on or off uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jaylene? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I thought they were off, but maybe they're back on. But uh, I would have to think Denver is now a serious contender with those receivers and a real quarterback. So... Uh, you have to like that move. Contender for, for what? To go nine and seven? I mean, they're playing in the AFC West. Yeah, but they got the extra, they got super wild card weekend now. Anyone can get in. <laughs> oh, good point. It's good not point. like it's not like the old days where what, like only two teams could get in. You have some really good divisions and someone gets screwed. I mean, you're just trying to get in now. They've kind of this is what you're seeing in sports. They're kind of cheapening the regular season. Like anyone can get in, finish on the fringe and and get hot at the right time. So Oh uh, wow. We'll see. Uh, Adam Schefter also adding that tight end Noah Fant is also part of today's trade. Oh, really? and, He's uh, good. Well, he is good. Uh, and that'll be a big loss for Russell Wilson. Mm. Um, again, today is sort of, we're just getting into the first year of the uh, first day of the league year. Franchise tags being applied. I mean, we'll we'll spend a little bit more time on a longer NFL segment with all the news and notes later on today or tomorrow. Uh, but just this is a massive story. I mean, if you go to Twitter, your entire feed is just comments on this deal right now. So 
Roger staying in Green Bay and Russell Wilson moving from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. All that being said, Remo, we got a game tonight. And, uh, you know, as Captain Blake Wheeler said yesterday at the end of his um, very interesting media conference, um, you know what? The general manager is going to do what he's going to do. He's not involved in that. What he is worrying about is uh, a team that's lost a couple straight at home and is welcoming in the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs tonight. That's been, you know, a tough road for the Winnipeg Jets and the fans lately. But I'll tell you what, I'm very much looking forward to the opportunity to see what Tampa's got tonight down at Canada Life Center. Tampa, they've been they've been hot. You know they have a top goalie. They've got a top line point, Kucherov, Palat, Stamkos on the second line. He can score as well. Hedman, Sergeyev on the D. I see Zach Bogosian returning to the lineup tonight. That's two games in a row, a former uh, Jet, Jets defenseman on the uh, opponent. So. I mean, you look at the Jets, they're coming in, they've lost two, uh, they're plus 137 underdogs, Lightning minus 161 favorites, so not a huge, huge underdog, but I mean, I, I think we can agree the Jets playoffs hopes, if there are any, very, very slim, I mean, you like to put together a nice performance against, against the Lightning here, and I guess the showcase, are we showcasing guys uh, for the trade deadline and for the Jets? I know they asked Mark Shifley today about that, he said, I'm not I'm not the GM. I don't make those. I don't make those moves. So, um, I think it's kind of uh, sad that's where we are. But I think we got to face reality for the Jets. Although I think they're gonna, you know, try to give her 110 percent tonight and, um, you know, put a win against the defending two-time Cup champions. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, listen, these are tough questions for players. I mean, especially central figures like Shifley and and listen, I know there was a lot made of Wheeler's, um, you know, media. Uh, visit yesterday um but honestly i mean i think those guys especially as the leaders and the guys with the c and the a um you know are sort of at a loss for how they are where they are this year and um you know those are tough questions to answer and then when you start talking about trades um anything that you say can you know essentially just turn into gas on a fire and listen there has been some smoke coming out of winnipeg for a little while um both from what we're hearing outside the rink uh, and obviously what's been happening with the disappointing season on the rink. So uh, uh, tonight, 7 p.m., Jets and Lightning. We'll look forward to getting to that a little bit later on with Jeff Hamilton on the program. And as I said, Frank Cervelli is coming up in just a few minutes. Well, I mentioned the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Uh, I can't not thank them enough for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk, including F Apparel. A locally owned shop making Winnipeg's best custom suits for men. Not just suits, though. A full line of custom clothing for any occasion, including dress shirts, winter jackets, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, and accessories. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just 400 bucks. Top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. 15% off for your wedding party. And if you do have a high school graduate, bring down their valid student ID. They've got a special deal with a shirt and tie to go with any purchase of a custom suit. Coming up, uh, they're at 190 Smith Street, and you can see them downtown in person there. Or get them online at F, that's EPHapparel.com. Um, it's been so wonderful to have our friends at Vita Health come on board. And I got to give a big shout out to our, my pal Ryan Labonte, uh, and who uh, has gotten a number of the Vita folks to be regular listeners. And um, Vita Health, of course, is the spot. Speaking of Winnipeg, you know, made companies, um, you know, decades and decades here in the city growing. 
with the best prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Um, and it's more than just supplements, vitamins, and groceries. Um, you know, for someone like me that maybe doesn't plan or do as much big shops, um, it's a hell of a spot to pop in for a quick, delicious, and healthy lunch like Vitamarket salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. And if you cannot make it into the store, just want to do some shopping at home, visit their brand new fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. Vita Health Fresh Market, now with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And, uh, you know, another thank you goes out to Keenan Stewart. Speaking of family-made Winnipeg businesses, uh, the Stewart family has been behind Culligan Water for 65 years here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And uh, they are the go-to people for all things water, for your family or your business, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Get at them in person at 1200 Sargent. Uh, 204-694-5180 is the number to call. Or... You can find them online at drinkculligan.com. All right. Um, a real pleasure to welcome in our next guest. Uh, uh, you know, it's a special show one year into the digital space. And uh, we got a special guest to get going. It is the insider himself from Daily Faceoff, our guy, Frank Saravelli. Frank, what is up? Thanks so much for uh, jumping on today. I know you're very busy right now. This is, uh, this is the time of year where you and the insiders live for. Yeah, congratulations, Huss. Just want to say one year. It's uh, an unbelievable accomplishment. I have so much respect for anyone in media doing what they do, but the fact that you've gone about it yourself and are carving out your own path in the uh, media landscape as an independent, so much respect for you and uh, thrilled for all your success. You and Remo, you guys have done a great job. Hey, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, as we mentioned, we've had a lot of great people supporting us, some awesome sponsors, an incredible group of people that join us live every day on YouTube or podcast, um, and individuals like you that, you know, don't mind jumping on from time to time and talking with us. And this is the time to do it, Frank. And listen, I wanted to get to, you know, obviously the Jets and the trade deadline, but quickly, I mean, you know, it's easy to focus in or maybe lose focus on what's really important in the world right now. And, um, you know, people are freaking out about one point in the standings and draft picks and whatnot when we've got, you know, one of the most serious global conflicts in our lifetimes happening right now. Um, but it does have a trickle down effect to many other aspects of life. And you broke a story yesterday about the National Hockey League and the Continental Hockey League uh, and the NHL basically shutting ties. What can you tell our listeners about what, the NHL has done um, and what does this mean going forward for Russian players for Russian draft picks or players that maybe would be picked normally at times in drafts but uh, have Russian passports yeah I think we're still really in the process of figuring all that out and what it means but for the average fan I think in the meantime there won't be that much of an impact the bottom line is that the NHL and the KHL have totally severed ties have ceased all communication and Really what that means for teams that were looking to sign Russian free agents, there's always a couple every year, just like there's a little bit more than a handful of NCAA college free agents that are signed at the end of the season every year. Teams are trying to mine gold in Russia, trying to find players that, uh, that could come over and play next season and step into the lineup. 
Uh, there's been no shortage of examples over the last number of years. And, and really, that's still permitted. Teams can still sign Russian players. The only thing is they have to take an extra step now to independently verify that that player is no longer under any contractual obligation to the KHL. Uh, previously, they would just be able to call up Central Registry in Montreal at the office for the NHL and say, hey, we want to sign this guy. Can you look in the database and see when his contract is up? And they'd communicate with the KHL and make sure that that was the case. And then they would be able to sign a player. Now they just have to go about it independently. But I think your point is well made in that we still don't know what kind of impact this will have on the draft. And it's not whatever the NHL and Russia do or, or the NHL and the KHL. In this case, it's what will the Canadian and U.S. federal governments do? Will they continue to issue new work visas? Will they pause uh, in, in handing out those work visas or approving them? Will they not accept renewals from athletes? And it's not just athletes, it's not just hockey players, it's tennis players, it's uh, ballet and uh, performers in the arts. Like There's a lot of uh, top-end Russian talent that makes its way over to North America, whether on a semi-permanent or permanent basis, that this potential move by the Department of State in the U.S., uh, and also the Canadian federal government, as I mentioned, that could have a wide ranging impact on how the NHL does business on a day to day basis. Forty five players, Huss, currently in the NHL are Russian born. Uh, it's about 40 that play have played more than one game this year. So it's a significant chunk of the league, um, <laughs> you know, six, seven percent that uh, could certainly have an impact. Well, you know, you know, exactly. I mean, by those numbers, I mean, on average, every team, you know, has a player. I mean, some maybe don't have, have more and some don't have any. Um, I mean, you talk about players that have already been selected and we've been watching, you know, a couple of young Russians that have been exciting jet fans from afar. You wonder what that means. And, you know, of course, that Mitchkov, I mean, we were looking ahead to not this year's draft, but the following year's draft as, you know, Connor Bedard and Mitchkov, and he already had sort of a contract that was extending past them. So, um, you know, it, it's sort of uncharted territory right now, but I'll be very interested to see how it affects things, particularly in Montreal, as we're closer to the timing of this conflict. Yeah, that's really the <laughs> time frame to keep an eye on it. And the other part of it, too, is like when you are selecting players that are Russian born, you hold their rights. So it's not like you're dealing with a clock where, you know, it's like a college free or a college player that you might be drafting where you get only from the time he starts school until he finishes it to sign the player, um, you know, you hold those rights indefinitely. So whether that player has a contract for a number of years or not, my guess is that a lot of teams will play the long game here, maybe not be willing to, you know, quite spend that, you know, number three or number five pick on a Russian because there's more of a short-term implication. But when you look at some of the players further down in the draft, they're probably just going to proceed business as usual, my guess, hoping that, you know, sometime over this next handful of years that we'll have some clarity uh, on the the world landscape. It's just, um, it's amazing to see just the trickle-down effect to everyday life, not just hockey. Daily face-offs, Frank Saravelli with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, right. Looking ahead to the trade deadline, everyone around here kind of scratching their heads and wondering how the Winnipeg Jets season has gone the way that it is, Frank. Um, um, it would be <clears throat> um, not even a minor miracle, maybe a, a legit miracle for the Jets to somehow get back in when you look at the math involved in this. Um, what, what, Just your thoughts on what's happened to the Winnipeg Jets that season and what that's done to general manager Kevin Dayoff's job 
which I know he wasn't expecting to be doing come trade deadline with the potential of selling off assets. It's kind of mind-blowing how this has played out. I, I mean, I want to raise my hand and first apologize to Jet fans. I, I mean, I picked this team to win the Stanley Cup this year. That's how much I was a believer in what the Jets have built. I figured with the success that they had in the playoffs, with um, with the core nucleus that they had up front, with the way that they bolstered their blue line with Schmidt and Dylan in a market where it's so hard to sign free agents, I thought they had done some tidy work on the the trade front. And then Connor Hellebuck, you know, when I'm looking at this season as a whole, I'd have to say the New York Islanders are the biggest disappointment. I think almost everyone universally, at least at our website, Daily Faceoff, picked the Islanders to win the Metro. They back-to-back East final visits. The Flyers are a disappointment for sure. But the Winnipeg Jets, they stand out on their own in the Western Conference in terms of being a disappointment because I thought this group had checked all the boxes in their construction. Um, it's They haven't given you one shred of confidence at any point you know, you saw the comments from Kevin Cheveldayoff in the last seven to 10 days saying, well, if we could just get in, we would be a dangerous team. They haven't given you any shred of confidence to think that they can get in. There's never been a sustained run of success. There's never been this fire that, that should have been ignited that says, hey, this group can get there. There's to give you something to believe in. And I don't know why that's the case. I can't put my finger on it. Kyle Connor has shot the lights out. There's just something missing. From this group and it's not on connor hellebuck it's not the goaltending his numbers his underlying numbers are great um i i don't know it's been a tough year to figure out for the jets no it, it certainly has been and i mean you know what blake wheeler and hey he spent a lot of time in front of a microphone over his time here as a winnipeg jet um but i mean the last couple of times that he spoke um, you know, he's basically been pretty upfront with that, you know, he doesn't have answers for some of those things. And yesterday kind of went back to one of the greatest hits of saying it was a young team and people sort of went back Come and on. like, yeah, it, 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 exactly. I, I, mean, I heard that a couple of weeks ago and I rolled my eyes, like young team, like think about this core in terms of how long they've been together, let alone like, you know, maybe you could point to Perfetti and maybe you could point towards the you know, the bottom half of the forward group at varying points when they've dealt with injuries. Like, there is nothing about this Winnipeg Jets team that is young. So that's one thing that caught my eye that Wheeler has said, Huss. And the other thing is the idea that this has been maybe the most trying season of his career. Like, damn, Blake Wheeler, you played in Atlanta. This is the most trying season of your career? Like, that says something. So I don't know what is wrong with this group but something stinks well and you know what you can uh i mean that certainly is kind of what people have been you know been feeling and and from my personal perspective frank this goes back to the 1920 season i mean there was you know in seven or 1819 excuse me when you know this team had made it to the conference finals the year before there was incredibly high expectations and through the first half of the year they were you know i think second overall at new year's and in the second half of that season, it went down. Patrick Liney stopped scoring. And maybe most concerning, it seemed like the team from within was sort of falling apart. I mean, there were the famous end-of-season pressers where players like Mark Shifley in particular didn't look anything like the guys that we'd seen for so long. 
And, um, you know, it, it hasn't really turned around. And I guess, Frank, I mean, now we get to the point where, you know, you've had the coaching change already. And who knows what's happening with Dave Lowry going into next season. I mean, I think it's likely, you know, there hasn't been any real improvement. So I think you're probably looking at a new group. But um, you, I would imagine that for the first time ever, Kevin Sheveldayoff and Jets management is looking long at hard at some of their key core players for the first time, thinking that maybe that is what the shakeup that this team needs. And I know you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that for the first time we're hearing the name Mark Shifley out there. I mean, listen, we know that cop and, you know, if you got an aspiring contract, you'll be on the market and likely moved. How likely do you think that we might see, whether it's in the trade deadline or in the off season, you know, a significant shakeup involving, you know, maybe a guy with a letter on his jersey leaving Winnipeg? Well, I'd be really surprised if it was before the deadline. Like, that's a lot to handle. And I also think you just eliminate so many potential trade partners that if you were really going to shake it up in that type of manner, that, um, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. This is going to be a calculated decision. And I think if we've learned one thing about Kevin Sheveldayoff, it's that nothing happens by accident. Everything is really well thought out. And um, you know, he's come at it from every different angle and considered every possibility. I, I don't know how you could go into this offseason with the disappointing season that the Jets have put together and no real, you know, there's nothing to hang your hat on. There's nothing you can head in, at least to this point, um, to the summer to say, hey, this is a group that gets it, is going to turn it around, mm-hmm. you know, a one-off year where there's just it, something's missing. And and I we've touched on that. So, how do you not address the core? Now, the interesting thing is we've been saying this about the Calgary Flames for the last couple years. <laughs> and then, you know, how how many summers in a row was the discussion which one of Johnny Gaudreau or, or Sean Monaghan is getting traded? And they they stuck with it. They doubled down and, in fact, added to it. And there's going to be some teams around the league that are going to be facing similar type questions. The Islanders... You know, they've got 13 guys on their roster with at least two years remaining on their contract. You know, they're going to be a team that probably has to double down. Do the Jets do that? And when it comes to Shifley in particular, like, he, his body language is no good. That's one thing that really stands out to me watching is, you know, he looks like a guy that isn't happy. And I don't know if that's leaked into his production. I don't know if that's leaked into anything that's that's happened off the ice, I just get a general sense of frustration from speaking to people in and around the Jets organization that not necessarily with him, you know, exclusively focused in that group in terms of, you know, players that have been frustrated, but I think there have been some rumblings and, and we've touched on this previously is that there has been an idea floated that this could be Mark Shifley's last year as a Winnipeg Jet. That would be a significant move to make. Now, will it happen? I don't know. But I I think if you're not at least asking the question, not about Shifley in particular, but about this group and this core as does it have the ability to get the job done, I don't know if you're doing your job. So I'd be shocked if it isn't at least considered. The questions that I've asked to this point have really, the results have been, well, Kevin Sheveldayoff has done so much work trying to get Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois together as a one-two punch down the middle, he's not ready to give up on it yet. Again, I don't know where this is heading, but that's the general vibe around the team in terms of um, just 
I think you can see a lot of it as a fan if you watch closely too, that it doesn't look good. Frank Cervelli with us, Frank, um, you know, more short term, um, you know, looking ahead to the deadline, what sort of a market do you think there'd be for Andrew Kopp? How many teams may be interested in Kopp? And uh, what might the Jets be able to get back if they do trade the pending UFA? Well, I think that market is a little bit late developing in the sense that um, the Jets have really tried to remain in the race to this point. His name has not been one that's really been talked about a lot because I think you know the Jets and the Stars were kind of in a similar situation a few weeks back you know, who's going to try and play their way in? The the stars have done it. Uh, they're squarely in the picture. Guys like uh, John Klingberg and Joe Pavelski are plummeting down our trade targets board. And COP is going to be rising. Uh, that's one that's probably going to generate more and more interest. I think the versatility to play wing, to play center. Um, you know, he's a smart player. His hockey IQ is strong. That um, I think there's going to be significant value there in terms of the Jets trying to uh, recoup as much as they can. And, you know, I think it's one of those players that's probably going to be, it's going to be tough to say goodbye to, because I think if you're Winnipeg, the other part of it is like, yeah, you, you probably have to, but you're going to spend a little bit of time now trying to chase and find that Andrew Cop to get back in your lineup again, whoever that may be next season. Yeah, no doubt about that. <clears throat> Paul Stanley, Stassi would be another guy. And then, oh, just one more thing on the Jets. With the, uh, Billy Hanela, Dylan Sandberg, Johnny Kovacevic, and Logan Stanley, who's with the club right now, all seemingly ready to play. Some of those guys needing, you know, not being waiver exempt next year. Uh, there's a real crunch when it comes to, you know, playing all these defensemen, Frank. Is there any chance, do you think, that one of those defensemen with term on the Winnipeg Jets, that sort of top five of uh, DeMello, Schmidt, Dylan Morrissey Pionk could potentially be on the move before next uh, two Mondays from now. Yeah, I've heard uh, some chatter about Brendan Dylan. Um, I think he could kind of be this year's Ben Sherratt, but with term. Um, the problem is the Canadians have had a tough time trying to establish the market for Sherratt. They're asking for a first and a third round pick. You would think that a guy that's not a rental and has some term. Um, you know, could potentially be a little more than that, which would probably be, you know, I'd have to think back to the exact trade that that brought him to Winnipeg. But, um, you know, two second round picks, like, you know, what would the Jets be getting back? And and I think the real problem with asking that question is which one of those guys in that group has really seized the opportunity or is ready to step into a role like that. And I think that's the other half of the equation that's really kind of missing for the Jets is is finding that piece that's ready to grab more minutes. Um, Frank, outside of Winnipeg, um, and I know this is probably going to change on a daily basis. We're seeing, you know, the Dallas going like this and Minnesota going into the tank right now. I know you've got a piece on that at DFO. Um, but what are the most intriguing teams and the most intriguing general managers to you that you're paying closest attention to over the course of the next, what, 13 days? Playoff teams or non-playoff teams? Well, well, I'll tell you what. It, it, you know, the playoff teams, I think it sort of goes without saying. The non-playoff teams, frankly, are the most interesting because, I mean, those are the ones where, um, you know, those players that they may give up could be impactful to teams that we already know are going to be there battling for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I would say the Columbus Blue Jackets, for one. The New Jersey Devils, another team in the Metro. 
I think the Flyers are under a mandate to get better for next season. So it's not going to be a huge future sell-off, or if it is, then they're going to try and parlay and package those pieces for something else later. Um, I don't, no one, none of the non-playoff teams in the Atlantic are that interesting. I would say the Kraken are a wild card. You saw they re-signed Jared McCann today, and the sense on the Kraken is that aside from McCann and maybe Yanni Gord, that they're not really married to anyone that they could really shake things up. Guys with term, you know, pending UFAs, you name it, uh, are out there. The Ducks are going back and forth with Hampus Lindholm. It's a 50-50 proposition. The Canucks, we've talked a lot about Besser and JT Miller. And the Blackhawks. I mean, Brandon Hagel is number three on our trade targets board. We're going to have a new one coming out today. He's going to remain firmly planted there. There's lots of interest in him. First-round pick plus a grade-A-level prospect uh, is what the Hawks are looking for, and they're in rebuild mode, so they're going to be shipping guys out. Uh, the question is who and how quickly. Who uh, who do you expect of those of the top teams of the real legit Stanley Cup contenders in your mind? Who do you expect to be the most aggressive general managers, Frank? I would include Florida in the mix. I think that they're maybe one authentic piece away from being a true Stanley Cup contender. Um, Carolina is usually pretty aggressive, but I don't know if they will be this time around. Um, I think the Rangers are going to be aggressive in terms of trying to get a player that has term. Uh, They're not probably delving into the rental market if they're going to be trading away some of their futures. I'd imagine Tampa and Pittsburgh are pretty quiet. Toronto is probably, for my money, the most interesting team of all the deadline teams because they have so many different holes goaltending, second pair on their defense. They could really use a winger, uh, not just for now, but also to replace Ilya Mikheyev for when he inevitably walks in the summer. Um, St. Louis is in contender mode. Things have been flipped upside down for the Minnesota Wild in the last couple weeks. Um, The LA Kings are the Western Conference version of the New York Rangers. They've got a ton of picks and prospects and a little bit of cap space to work. And what are the Vegas Golden Knights do? It's Stanley Cup or bust in Vegas, and they're floundering. They're a team that's been on uh, that MGM roller coaster that's right outside their arena. Like, they can't seem to get it together. And they've got a goaltending issue because Robin Leonard's not healthy. He, he referred to me in his press conference last week as Dr. Saravalli. I considered changing my, uh, my handle on Twitter, <laughs> but... The truth is he has a torn labrum in his shoulder. He needs surgery at some point, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not two weeks from now, or maybe he does. He's trying to play through it. How long can he? And if you're you're Vegas, are you going to roll the dice? Are you going to gamble your roster, your very expensive over-the-cap roster, on Robin Leonard and that shoulder? No, it's a great, a great question. Uh, last one, we didn't mention the Avalanche, and I do wonder about where Joe Sackick and the Avs are in because they are just so damn good. They're so deep. I mean, I'm not sure whether they really feel that they have the need to do very much to add to it, and there's always the worry that you know you make a bunch of moves and you screw something up that, uh, frankly, it's the old, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, how do you see things going out for the Avs? That's how I personally feel about it. That would have to be my big concern. Like, I don't think they need to do anything and they can win the West. I think they're clearly head and shoulders, the best team. 
The problem is the best team doesn't necessarily mean the team that comes through the playoffs on your side of the bracket. And the funny thing about the Avs is that they've been linked to almost every position out there. You know, they've been linked to Claude Giroux from the Philadelphia Flyers. Someone was asking the other day about JT Miller. Would he be a fit in Colorado? And then you think about the back end and, and how they were pushed around last year when they didn't have Eric Johnson. And Nathan McKinnon said that they were just overwhelmed. So you put all that together and then you go, okay, their goalies have been really good, Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz. And yet, they're as good as their numbers are, the question mark has just been in their health. Kemper and Francouz both missed a stretch of time together this season. And is Francouz, uh, is he of a playoff worthy goaltender. Do they need an upgrade in the goaltending position? I think just from the conversations I've had around the league Hus, that Joe Sackick isn't sure the answers to any of those questions. And he's in the process of trying to figure all that out. Only problem is he's only got 13 days to do it. And the clock is ticking. It's going to be a really interesting next couple of weeks, folks. If uh, you are not a regular viewer or listener of the Daily Faceoff show with Frank, uh, what are you waiting for? Frank, just fill everyone in on what you and the team. Uh, by the way, say hi to your Remchuk for us. That was a uh, that was a shrewd pickup by you and the DFO team. Fill everyone in on where they can get your content each and every day, following uh, right up to the trade trade deadline and throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, thanks. Us independent guys got to stick together. Hell yeah. Uh, 12 noon Eastern every day we do our daily face-off show live on Twitter, YouTube. I tweet out the link every day at 12. It's 30 minutes. We whip around the league. We've got a podcast that goes twice a week, DFO Rundown. All the stories from people that you've read for a long time. Scott Burnside, Matt Larkin just joined the crew from the Hockey News. Uh, Tyler Remchuk, you mentioned, uh, drops in as a host on our show. Uh, Chris Gear, the former Vancouver Canucks assistant GM, uh, former NHL netminder Mike McKenna. So we've built out a team, Chris Peters, on prospects uh, that we are super proud of, and we're glad to uh, to uh, to have our team out there and producing that content. Frank, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, listen, uh, you guys are killing it. Keep up the great work and never miss a show. Congrats on one year, buddy. I'm going to go pop a bottle of champagne as soon as I get this next story done. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. There it is. Uh, Frank Saravelli. Daily Face-Off is the site. The Daily Face-Off show every day, 11 o'clock our time. A great little precursor to what we have going on on Winnipeg Sports Talk each and every day. And, of course, you're already following him. But the, if you're not, what are you waiting for? Frank underscore Saravelli. All right. We're going to keep it local. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press coming up in just a second. And speak Speaking of keeping it local, when you need a battery, your local go-to guys are Manitoba Battery over on Logan Avenue. Donnie and his amazing staff have you covered when it comes to automotive batteries. Best prices in town, about 100 bucks for most makes and models with Core Exchange. And if you're stuck at your place and can't get out to get it, 115 bucks delivered to your door same day if you order by 1.30 p.m. Uh, flash your batteries for you ice fishermen. And, uh, you know, as soon as all this damn snow gets go gets leaving, we'll be talking about uh, batteries for uh, a much more fun part of the year when it comes to uh, ATVs, boats, jet skis, and uh, and more. Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue, 783-8787, or online at manitobabattery.com. I was mentioning the incredible support we've had from our sponsors, Royal Sports really at the top of the list, not just through this year of Winnipeg Sports Talk, but 
going all the way back to the old NFL Sunday ticket show days with Jim Toth and Z-Man. And I'll tell you what, um, there's a reason for that. We do, uh, we do a lot of great sports content, and Royal Sports is the greatest sports store around. The undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champ of all things hockey, all things sports, and of course, the best licensed merchandise in town for the sports pan in your family. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, tons of bomber gear, including exclusive Grey Cup merch, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, snowboarding, fitness, and so much more, not to mention all the cool stuff over on the King's Skate Snow and Surf side. Pop on down and see them. 750 Pemina Highway, and make sure you give Royal Sports a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and offers. And, um, you know, Trevor Knott's another guy. I have a, a big personal thank you to for believing in what we were doing right from day one. First meeting I had about this and the first, uh, yeah, we're in. And uh, I'll always be appreciative of that. And uh, I know a lot of Winnipeggers are appreciative for the incredible service and the great prices they've gotten from the Knott team in getting their next vehicle. Uh, if you're looking for a new whip, start your search over at Knott. You'll see the amazing vehicles on site. And listen, if there's this particular vehicle you're looking for, you've always been dreaming about, talk to the Knott team. We'll get it here to Winnipeg for you at the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of Knott Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at Knott.ca. All right, that was great stuff with Frank Cervelli. Let's keep the party going. The champs are in town to take on the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and as much as it's a big game tonight, much of the talk around the Jets is looking ahead to the future because the present is not that good. Let's uh, welcome in another great friend of the program, one of our regulars, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, what's going on? Us. It's great, man. Congratulations. Can't believe it. You know, they said what? You lost... I don't know, a couple of weeks, you lost 52. Incredible. I, I kid, obviously, huge fans, what you guys were able to, you've been able to do. Um, you know, obviously, we all know it, the bullshit that went down at 1290 and, and, you know, what really what seemed like a, you know, an unthinkable situation turned into an opportunity and you guys seized it. You know, obviously, Huss, you've, you've been in this market for a very long time. Uh, Remo, another massive piece of this puzzle and, and his creativity and, and your guys' personalities in general. Uh, you've just done a terrific job. Um, you've given an opportunity, a platform for people like myself. You've given an opportunity, platform for, for the commenters. It's a completely new era, if you will, of, of, of sports talk. And um, it's been incredible. So I'll stop, uh, I'll stop putting you up on that pedestal now. I'll knock you down here in the next, you know, <laughs> whatever, half an hour, but I definitely have a ton of respect for what you guys. have done. Well, it. listen, and you know, and first off, I mean, um, you know, we can talk to each other, uh, you know, all we want and that always will be a part of the show, but um, you know, the insight expertise and perspective from someone that does the journalism you do is uh, always appreciated. So uh, thank you for everything you've done for us, uh, you know, over the course of the first year. And here's to uh, here's to many more. Uh, so let's get right to it. Let's take it on Tampa tonight. I mean, a real disappointing weekend. I mean, there were some, uh, listen, you know, if that, if that weekend was in early November and you saw a team that, you know, dominated most of a game against Dallas and had those sort of soaring chances and lost an OT and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, you got the Vesna Trophy winner coming in. You might be able to rationalize it, but there's no rationalize it right now for fans. And there certainly isn't, I think, any of that for Kevin Dayoff right now. Um, if you thought that there was still a bit of light heading into the weekend, uh, the flicker is just about out right now. And 
man, it's going to make for a very interesting 13 days when we're paying attention to what the general manager is doing, but also a really tough and at times awkward time for the players in that room, especially the leaders, as we've heard from Wheeler and Shifley over the last uh, 24 plus hours. Yeah, it just feels like every week the odds of are just getting longer to make the postseason, especially when you're not collecting wins. I just, you know, I go back to this whole thing. Like the Jets still ultimately control their destiny in a lot of ways. They need a bit of help. I mean, they don't want the teams ahead of them, you know, playing as well or racking up as many wins as, as they can. But they, you know, they ultimately need to do that. And, and there's, you know, I'm not here to be a downer. I know there's a lot of fans are looking for maybe some some upside here, but you know, the Jets haven't been able to string together back to back to back. That's three in total uh, consecutive wins since the calendar flipped to 2022. And I mean, if you look at their last three victories, Arizona, Montreal, Seattle, the three worst teams uh, in, in the NHL. And then they played they played six other games during that stretch and they're all four and two. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of bad bounces going the Jets ways, a lot of you know, a lot of things that, you know, they're, when you when you make, you know, a handful of turnovers, it seems like the Jets, feel, you have a majority of them end up in the back of their net. But, you know, you make your own bet in this. And, and uh, you know, the Jets, whatever they're lying in right now, I mean, they, they, they've created it. And so they need to get out of it. It's just when you hear guys like Blake Wheeler talk yesterday about not being able to find it, trying to figure out, you don't want to hear that with 26 games left in the season, um, especially in those 26 games. You need to have a 731, I believe, is the number win percentage to get up to that 95 96 threshold uh for points in the west to get a playoff spot well there's only two teams and that's uh the team that's coming in i think tampa bay and carolina are the two teams or no it's not even tampa bay it's it's uh it's colorado and carolina that that have a better clip than that um you know obviously that's throughout an entire season the jets you can make the argument just need to do that for 26 games not 82 um, but it's just, it seems like a steep hill. And, uh, as they continue to, you know, not collect points against teams, you know, just those odds just seem to get smaller and smaller. They don't seem to, they are getting smaller. Well, and, and you know what, it seems like, I, I don't want to say resignation is set in with the club because I mean, you know, listen, I, I wasn't, you know, questioning their, uh, you know, their efforts or anything. I mean, it just hasn't been, hasn't been their year. And, and, you know, the weekend was maybe a perfect example of that. Even when they do do a lot of things, right. Um, they're not able to get the job done and get what they ultimately need, and that is two points. Um, I think it's taken a toll on Blake Wheeler. And Wheeler had said, you know, weeks ago that this had been the most trying and difficult season of his professional career. And I'm certainly assuming he's alluding to many of the things happening behind the scenes, both with the virus and, you know, all of that. Um, but listen, I wasn't the only person to sort of roll my eyes yesterday when I heard him roll out one of the greatest hits, um, you know, that they're a young team. Um, and I know everyone's sort of gone back and going, what the heck are we talking about right now? I mean, they're an older team. They were when they went to the conference championship in 1718, you know, Blake Wheeler's playing on a line with Paul Stastny and Mark Shifley. Um, right. all you guys are well, older than they were four yeah, years ago. That's, pretty that's sure. Let me just check cap friendly. I don't <laughs> yeah. think any of those guys are on ELCs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what do you make? Is this just a guy that's in a real tough position right now with either, you know, tough questions that he doesn't have the answers to, or frankly, the answers are not something that, you know, really is a captain of the team. You can float out honestly to the public and to the media. 
You know, it's an interesting question. I think we all know how passionate Blake Wheeler is. You know, we know how badly he wants to win. He know, you know, we know how crucial these years were for him and his belief in where this team was going to be headed. So I think it's part of it is just kind of maybe coming to grips that they're not as good as they thought they would be. And I mean, to Blake Wheeler's credit, if you will, if you'll recall at the beginning of the season, he was kind of the one who said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Now, I don't think he thought that the team wasn't going to be good. Um, I don't think he was like, you know, he's proven right here in that, in that, you know, hesitation to kind of, you know, uh, yeah, that wasn't a prediction. Yeah. That wasn't a prediction. I just think he wasn't ready to, you know, like, don't crown us Stanley Cup champions. You know, things need to happen. Things need to, you know, we need to gel. We need to, you know, create uh, create our own chemistry with some of these new bodies that are coming in. But, it, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's one of those, I don't know if it's an inability, you know, to see the forest through the trees or if it is, you know, a none of your business, we're going to handle this in our locker room. But the Jets have just become the excuse machines. Like it's just, whether it's age, whether it's time zone, whether it's the amount of games, whether it's injuries, whether it's whatever, all these things that every single team in the national hockey league, uh, you know, endure or have to go through in a, in a, in a 82 game season, you know, the jets just seem to say them out loud. And like, you know, this, I feel is a little bit of Paul Maurice still lingering around this team is that, you know, we, we used to see it time and time and time again about Paul Maurice coming out after bad performances or at least not great performances and talking about how good the Jets are. Like, you know, talking about how much he enjoys their game, how much, you know, how well they're playing. And it just, it feels like, and it seems to be, you know, as Blake Wheeler obviously wears the C, it seems to be something that's just continued on with the, with, with, with the captain and just coming up with these, you know, these, these reasons for why things aren't working and, and, you know, whether you want to call it a lack of accountability, whether you want to say, you know, you just kind of want to go, Hey, like, welcome to reality here. I mean, this is where your team's at, you know, is it that bad, you know, instead of not being able to find it or figure it out. I mean, you know, the, the idea that the jets are somehow playing good hockey um, is just not true. And so like, I'm not trying to, you know, beat up on, on Blake for that. I mean, like I said, it might just be as simple as, well, we don't need to explain to the outsiders what's going on in our room, what, what, what we think the issues are, whatever it might be. There, There might be part of that. But I mean, even if you look at, you know, Blake's last interview, the one that, you know, we got in, you know, had a bit of a confrontation there, you know, earlier, I think it was earlier, the questions or the questions after mine. I mean, he started talking about how, you know, things aren't going their way as far as, you know, turnovers ain't up in the back of their net and and you know just just kind of just really pounding that whole lack of puck luck uh leading to where the jets are and i mean he even said i mean that's something we can talk you know that's a whole other thing to talk about at a different time but it just it just lends itself to a bit of the excuses and i think you know when you get to this point uh in the season where you're where you're trying to claw out a playoffs while you're trying to get all the victories you can i'm not saying you need to step in front of the mic and be defeated or, you know, talk about how crappy things are going. But, you know, it's just, I, I don't know if it resonates with fans all that much who kind of want a little bit of honesty. And when you kind of hear the excuses piling up, um, you know, and you've heard them kind of all season and over the last few years as the Jets have tried to make waves in the playoffs and haven't been able to do so, it just gets a little bit old. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now, um, you know, with the Jets. And, well, and it, it the is. And, and listen, I'll, 
I mean, we jokingly said we banned the term t time zones. I mean, you know, like on Twitter, you can mute words. Like, I mean, we literally muted it on Twitter uh, or, or within the show because we heard it so much, especially earlier in the year. Listen, different coaches have different styles. I will give Dave Lowry credit for, I don't believe those words have ever come out of his mouth. I mean, he has not been a guy that has really gone to some of those same things that we heard in the past. Um, that was a little different though with the, with the captain yesterday. And I mean, listen, he was around Paul Maurice. I think Paul Maurice has probably been one of the biggest influences on him in his entire career. So maybe that makes sense, but, um, there hasn't been a lot of change. And, and I guess to the bigger picture right now, Jeff, for a team that is, and an organization, I mean, let's think about this as a business as well, that's coming through, uh, a, a near unprecedented period of time where there's been massive financial losses and challenges unlike you know anything anyone could have imagined um regardless of performance of the team i mean every team in the national hockey league right now has been affected attendance wise whether it has to do with vaccinations or you know people that don't want to leave their house anymore and they're not you know comfortable around crowds or you know in our case you know rules where you know a small percentage of people that didn't decide to get vaccinated can't go um, you know, there's a big business aspect to this. And when you combine that, and I do really believe there will be a sense of urgency to turn this around immediately going into next season, along with the biggest disappointment in 11 years. I don't like if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I don't know how we could compare maybe any other season other than maybe 2019 because the, the hopes were so high and we saw what happened with that club. Um, but I really do wonder like, I think there, I, I do believe that, you know, with the pattern that we've seen from True North and, you know, the guys running this hockey club, they would love nothing more than to maybe say, hey, look what happened to the Calgary Flames last year. Everyone was wanting to blow them up. We brought Daryl Sutter in and now they're a legit Stanley Cup contender and maybe use that as an example of why staying the course is the right thing. I'm just not sure that that will fly from a business sense right now. And, um, you know, and certainly with Paul Maurice gone, there's an opportunity for a real changing of the guard. Um, how likely do you think that will be in the off season, regardless of what happens at the deadline and, and how big of changes might we see in your mind? It's something that we've been thinking about for quite some time, right? I mean, it's, it's, and it's gotten, it hasn't gotten better. So you know, I think what is an interesting, we talk about Paul Maurice, I think his departure is an interesting piece of this puzzle because I I believe that had Paul Maurice not walked away from this team, he'd still be employed. He'd still be behind the bench right now for this club, and he might be the sacrificial lamb in the offseason if they don't make the playoffs. Um, obviously, we know that's not the case. Paul Maurice did leave, um, you know, on his own account, uh, and Dave Lowry since taken over. I think that puts maybe the hot seat on Kevin Sheveldayoff and I, and what well, should at the very least, I mean, not a lot of GMs are around for longer than a decade and, and get, you know, get aren't on the hot seat when they, when they ultimately 10 years later, their team's gotten worse. And, and that's where we see the jets when you compare them to, to what we saw in the 20, 2018 run. Uh, what do I think will happen? I think you're, you're onto something. I, I, I think true North Mark Chipman will, will have to, We'll, we'll look at, you know, what might be apathy certainly uh, seeping into the fan base. Um, you know, thousands of seats still available at games. I mean, if we get to a point where the Jets are, you know, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and you start seeing 10,000 fans at games, 
I think that will seal, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff's fate. And I, not that I think, you know, Mark Chipman would have ever envisioned or want wanting to do or make such a move. He might just be forced to do it. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I, I can't predict, you know, who will be in where and when. You know, I think it's a very interesting situation with Dave Lowry. I mean, um, clearly there what hasn't been a coaching bump with his addition behind or his leadership behind the bench. Uh, what does that mean? Do you want to give him, you know, an off season, which would obviously, of course, mean signing him to a to a contract extension? Uh, do you want to do that? Do you want to go in a different direction? If you do go in a different direction, it's easy to point at Calgary and say, look what they did. You know, they brought in Sutter and. You know, he, he, he took over and it took him a little bit, but look at the Calgary Flames now. Well, who's the equivalence of a, you know, of a, of a Daryl Sutter? I mean, that there's not a, you know, I mean, and would that person come to Winnipeg? Would they want to come to Winnipeg? And then you can ask the same questions about the general manager situation. I think there's a reason why there's been one general manager in this city for as long as it, there has been. And I think that's the involvement of Mark Chipman. It's no secret that Mark Chipman is an involved owner. He's involved in, you know, contracts. He's involved in, he's involved in who the, you know, who can be picked up on the dead. Like he, he's kind of the last voice. Now I'm not saying he doesn't trust those below him. Uh, you know, guys like Kevin Sheveldayoff and, and their, and their scouting department, but he is someone that you kind of need to run through. And so how many, you know, the NHL is a small world. So how many coaches or GMs, prospective GMs, ones that have the resumes, uh, that you might point to and, and try to replicate a Calgary situation, how many are available and how many are wanting to come here under under the circumstances of, of being in Winnipeg and under the circumstances of which the Jets' ownership ha- you know, has a role in it? I mean, the other part, too, to that question is I don't think, you know, blow up is, is, is a relative term. I don't think you need to blow anything up. I don't, you know, this isn't a rebuild for the Winnipeg Jets. A blow up, you know, could be, you know, could be a GM change, could be a coach change, could be, you know, a shift away from the leadership group, which has gained momentum over this last, you know, particularly this season, whether that's finding, you know, trade bait for for Blake Wheeler. Of course, he'd have to waive his no movement clause. Uh, you know, there's, I don't think they go as far as buying out 26. And I don't know if necessarily that's the, if that's the answer, you know, there's also a lot of talk with Mark Shifley, you know, the, the, the pioneer of the trade rumors, you, you being you, Huss, you know, you, you started that trade a while ago. I think I was on that show, so I'm guilty by association. Um, but I think, you know, there's an opportunity there that if you, if you want to change voices or you want to, you know, you want to make a big movement in, in the dressing room, we all know how influential. We're seeing it happen naturally. Well, We're seeing absolutely. it happen and naturally I mean, and, and as it's also, going on. There's also the talk about, about, you know, have, you know, Mark Shifley having years on his, on his deal that is a very friendly of just above six million dollars a season that that will attract big you know a big return so i think you have to entertain those things but i think uh, you know that's all a roundabout way of saying is just what we've seen this season uh what we've seen just what we the product we've seen on the ice the you know the what we've seen from the fan base and again that that apathy which might be the worst feeling to seep into to any fan base 
doing nothing is not going to be the answer. And when you had me on the show in Denver at Denver Airport, I kept using the word fascinating. This is going to be a fascinating offseason. Well, it's definitely going to be a fascinating offseason, especially if the Jets don't find a way to turn things around here. No, there's no doubt about it. And hey, going back to November with that original conversation, I mean, this was at a time where the team was struggling and all the heat was on Paul Maurice. And, you know, it sort of came out of the fact, like, I don't think they're just going to, you know, tie a can to Paul Maurice right now at this point in the season. And if you are thinking about a way to significantly change up this club, you know, the you know part and parcel of Mark Shifley is the contract. And, you know, and again, we could be having this conversation in a couple of weeks around the deadline. It's far more likely to happen in the offseason. But if you were looking to make a significant move and get significant return and not take a huge step back, a player like that on a contract like that does give you some options. And I'd imagine there'd be some interest. And um, the other thing is, it's important that you need to have a leader like that, that, you know, you're a hundred percent convinced is fully committed to the team and to everything that, you know, they need to do to continue on. And, Listen, I haven't been convinced that watching Mark Shifley for this season. I'm not going to comment. He's had a number of amazing years, and he's been a great player for this club for a long time. Uh, but for a while, everything hasn't seemed normal, at least what we remembered, Mark. And maybe that's maturing regardless. Here's something I hit Mike with, though, um, yesterday, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this. For people that want to see a significant change, I think there is more likelihood of that happening, assuming Kevin Sheveldayoff stays on the job that if they went and, you know, got a new GM and a new head coach in, and the reason I say that, Jeff, is that, you know, a new general manager might come in and say, you know what, we're going to get a new voice in this room. We've got this new coach that's happening. And, you know, we got a lot of good players here right now. I mean, I look at this roster on paper, much like so many people did going into the season and thought this team isn't just a playoff team. I mean, Frank just copped to picking them to win the Stanley Cup, and he was not the only one far from it outside of this market, not just people that were hyped up or guys like me that would want to see it happen. So, I mean, I think if they get to the end of this season and Chevy's still in charge, I don't know if there's any other choice than to make some significant changes to try to, you know, both get better results, but also kind of give faith to the uh, the Jet fans and the people that are buying the tickets that they're not just sitting around hoping that, you know, we run the same thing back and something changes. If you do make big-time changes within the management structure, I'm not sure they don't wait a while to see what they're getting at the beginning of the season. And I don't know whether that helps completely getting a blank slate for a new regime, if you will, if most of the players in the dressing room are the same guys that, you know, were part of a very disappointing season this year. Well, and that and that's the other thing. Like I, I don't necessarily fall into line that you have to trade Mark Shifley or that you need to change the voices here. Um, you know, there is an argument to be made that uh, you know, certainly what you you alluded to, Huss, in that you know, if you don't think he's, if you're going, don't think you're going to be able to resign him, it might not be a matter of whether or not you can fix whatever issues there may be at play here. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, particularly with the notion of replacing the general manager, I think it would just be, you know, prudent to allow the new boss to come in and have a conversation with, you know, whomever he needed to, he or she needed to for you know an opportunity to 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 get to know the 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 locker room and and maybe that is enough maybe there maybe instead of looking at Mark Shifley as being a you know two two years of a friendly deal uh two years of a friendly deal that has some kind of trade value maybe you use it as you have two years to get this thing back on track 
and, you know, find common ground with a player who, as you mentioned, you know, this year hasn't been his greatest season, but he's had some pretty incredible seasons for the Winnipeg Jets. So certainly if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, make a change at the top, which you'd imagine would be sooner than later in the off season, I don't know how much you'd want to wait, you know, I mean, because you want, if you're Kevin Shevelday off, you're going to kind of want, you know, you're going to kind of want to know what your future looks like and you're going to want to know what you're able to do. I don't know if you would, if you're planning on, on, you know, letting go your GM, you probably don't want them making a lot of decisions. Um, in, including this trade deadline here in the next couple of weeks. Now, do I feel like, you know, Mark Chipman's going to put a pause on, on Kevin Sheveldayoff's moves if he wants to make them? No, I don't in the next couple of weeks, but uh, it certainly will be an interesting situation with, with who does take over. And, and again, just to reiterate, if you, if you do find somebody new, they're going to want an opportunity to not just, you know, they're going to want an opportunity to figure out what's going on in the locker room, figure out, you know, where, where the heads are at of, of the leaders. And, of course, Mark Shifley is a leader on this team. He wears a letter. Blake Wheeler as well. It's just, you know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of philosophy that the Jets are looking for in a new leader and then having that new leader, if in, in, in the event a new leader comes in, um, how, how they want to, you know, how they see the best, you know, path forward for the Jets is and I think that's that just adds again to what should be a you know a very exciting and fascinating offseason yeah well yeah I mean uh, I guess March 8th 2022 count me in on the list that Kevin Sheveldayoff's not going anywhere and I think that and I think because of that I think that you know not only we might see a move earlier than we expected I'm not ruling out something significant at the deadline to be honest with you especially depending on what I mean like I think the weekend you know, with just getting the one out of four points, you know, get, have Dallas getting two. I mean, we pretty much know where things are. Tonight, for, you, I mean, you're thinking selling. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like I, it's, I think the, they're the already there. Pretty and, bad. and I yeah. think it's like, I think they've sort of known it, but you don't want to admit it. I think that's the way a lot of fans have been too. I mean, you realize that it's, it's not impossible, but highly unlikely. And you continue, well, hey, you know what? Let's just see what happens at this game. But I mean, now... The, uh, there's you know to use a, a jet plane term. There's not a lot of runway left to to get this thing up, and uh, you know they're going to have to make You're using those that dis- one a lot. In my story, yeah. Well, I mean, runway you know is shortening. <laughs> like I used it in yesterday. Um, and 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 so here, the short term question for you, Cop. I think they'll get the best return they can get for Andrew Cop. Uh, I assume that if, uh, you know, if there's takers on Paul Stastny, and I know some people have been throwing around seconds and first, the last time he got traded was for a fourth at the deadline with an expiring contract. So, I mean, I'm, I wasn't, it'd be great if the market for that was more, but the bigger question for me, uh, you know, a big picture looking at the next year is the blue line. The moves that were made in the off season, uh, you know, they've got five veteran defensemen making, you know, all significant paychecks, some more than others, that are signed for another couple of years through this window that we've been talking about. We also know that Vili Hanel is knocking on the door. Um, Dylan Sandberg looked great on the weekend and certainly acquitted himself very well and may have, with his performance with the Jets when he was in the lineup, may have jumped the other guys in the depth chart. And we'll find out the proof will be in the pudding. Johnny Kovacevic in the same is in the same boat. I mean, looking really good. And he'll be a guy that I don't think is even waivers exempt next year. So how do they handle that? What do you think the likelihood of one of those five defensemen being moved and is it more likely that that would happen if it does in the off season, or might it happen come uh, come the twenty first? 
you know what? It's it's hard it's hard to say. The because all those guys are under term. Do I think that there? Do I think there's a bit of a now should it necessarily affect your decision making if the right offer comes? No, but you don't really want to be known as a team to trade for a player in the summer and then get rid of them by the spring. It's just you know it's just again small world. The NHL is. I think the Jets seem to be a little more extra cautious than most teams on how they, you know, handle their players. I'm not saying again that Nate Schmidt and and Brendan Dillon are off the table. Uh, I don't think anyone should be off the table besides maybe Josh Morrissey on the blue line for any kind of future move. Just, you know, just again, if the right offer comes along, there's a reason why, you know, those guys were traded. Uh, The Jets were interested in them. They've been traded in the past. There's other teams that know what they get with them. There's a lot of, you know, there's a there's a lot to say about players who like a Dylan or a Schmidt who are you know well known in this league. What you you know understanding what you get out of them. They're both at decent contracts. Dylan DeMello is another guy who's at a decent contract. Neil Pionk, same same story. So you know it's it's hard to suggest you know who might be going or or or, or when they might you know might might dip into the blue line and try to shake things up. But the reality is, as you mentioned, this whole point of the question is there are a lot of guys coming up, whether that's the Billy Hamelas or the Dylan Sandbergs, um, you know, the younger guys that are going to be looking to make a push who have kind of been in that development track for a couple of years now and need to carve out a role with the big club. You know, I, you know, I, whether they become trade pieces, I don't know how much value, I don't know if you're, you know, as, as good as I think Billy Hamel is going to be in the NHL one day. Uh, I don't think you have much value in him or Dylan Sandberg because neither of them have really carved out any kind of resume at the at the NHL level. So you wouldn't be trading them, I don't think, unless somebody really coveted them. Um, so I think it would just leave you, at just given your numbers, to look and peek elsewhere. And the other thing, too, is you might want to be retooling. I use the word retool because it's not a rebuild. Uh, in looking at some of the contract stuff, some of the, you know, some of these guys, even though they're on, not horrible contracts. Um, you know, they're higher than what Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg are mas- making. And both those guys have, you know, you think that they would be ready to make the jump by next season for sure. So I think you have to consider that you have to kind of give, you have to see what you got there too. And, and, you know, then whether you want to call it unfortunate or not, the jets have five notable contracts locked into their top five, you know, the, the lone man out essentially being, you know Logan Stanley and Nathan Boyle who've been who've been kind of swapping out of that that sixth spot. So you 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 do have and and those guys are on terms. So you do have what teams are looking for out of out of trading for players. So you just you wonder, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, we talk about decision making. It'll be interesting to see that if they do, and I'm not arguing that they should or shouldn't actually I'd probably be more so on the line that they should. Um, you know, dip into the blue line and, and try to, you know, reconfigure things out to make room for those guys. It'll be interesting to see who they choose. And I don't know that that will be up to them. I think that will be up to the market and who they're fielding calls from and who, you know, who likes which player. And so I think that might be be the, uh, you know, the ultimate indicator here on, on, on what happens with the blue line, not just this possibly this trade deadline, um, but certainly this summer. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, you know, away from potential moves and whatnot, um, Listen, you know, this has been a tough time and Wheeler and Shifley are the central figures and they're, you know, have to answer questions and they do it the way that they have. I've been fascinated to hear Nikolai Ehlers speak recently 
and Pierre-Luc Dubois speak, frankly, throughout the entire season, not to mention the way that he has responded in times of adversity when, to be honest, not a lot of other players have been leading the way, shall we say. How significant do you think has been the, shall we say, changing of the guard, if you will, when it comes to, you know, the sort of drivers and the leadership group on this team right now from the guys that have been there and been those guys who are still obviously very much central figures of that group. Um, but the young guys not waiting for it to be given for, to them, um, but to step up and, and be doing it themselves. It's an interesting question, but I would just start off by saying they're not young anymore. That, that, that's the whole point. Well, I right? guess younger Nick compared Ehlers, to the guys no, that are hundred percent. But yeah. you know, like when you look at when they, you know, when you look at this group years ago, when the Nick Ehlers were getting drafted, even like the Mark Shifley's and the Kyle Connors and Jack Roslick before that. And, you know, Josh Morrissey and the younger guys, it was kind of, you know, they, when, when, when the NHL is an interesting hierarchy and, and it's not like that in every dressing room, but it's certainly like that certainly was like that in Winnipeg's dressing room where the older guys ran the room and, you know, the, the whole passing of the torch or finding new voices um, didn't really exist. And you saw, I mean, you, you kind of saw that early on with, you, you know, Nick Ehlers was always a, a pretty good interview, but you know, he was very careful with what he said. Mark Shifley, same story. Kyle Connor has certainly, um, you know, kind of come out of his shell in recent years and, and has been more of a, a vocal leader. You look at, you know, but you even look at not even just the young guys. Look at guys like Nate Schmidt and, and Brendan Dillon, the guys we talked about. They played on, they played in good dressing rooms. They know what it looks like to kind of, you know, what, what, what works and what doesn't. So they brought us, you know, their own unique perspective to a dressing room. Both those guys, I would say, you know, maybe aren't saying the, you know, the, the sound bites that, 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 that Nikolai Ehlers or, or, or Pierre-Luc Dubois have said, you know, in, in Pierre-Luc Dubois' case, all season, kind of that, like, anger, passion, you know, kind of calling the, you know, not necessarily calling the teammates out, but the team's, you know, the team's position and all that stuff. You know, we, we've seen guys like Dylan and Nate Schmidt come and be accountable as well. I mean, we've, we have, you, you've seen lots of examples, but, I mean, that's kind of the difference in the shift in, in you know, it, it speaks to certainly the, the politics of an NHL dressing room where, when you're younger, you're just trying to, you know, kind of get by, learn how to be a pro, as we often hear. And you don't really have time to, you know, you don't really want to create any trouble for yourself. And again, I'm not not suggesting that, you know, these guys get off the mic and they have a leadership crew waiting for them, you know, to shut them up. By no means. It's just a natural maturity that comes with being in a in a in the NHL for as long as now Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connors and the other people have, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois included you know, to, to just being on the same team for long enough and feeling comfortable in, in kind of speaking your voice as well. And I think we have been looking at a little bit of a, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you, you're seeing it unfold. I think you are looking at a little bit of the changing of the guard, whether that's reflective of, of the letters on, on the jerseys or not. I mean, I think, you know, you could throw Andrew Kopp into that group for sure. I mean, he, he's another guy who, you know, is, is, is a leader in that locker room and has come out and, and been accountable and, 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 and all those things you expect from, you know, leaders in, in, a, in a professional sports dressing room. So uh, I think you're seeing it a little bit. You know, I, I, I think it's, it certainly does help. And, and, and that being said, I'm not trying to sow any division between the younger guys and older guys because I don't think it, it exists. If, if anything, I think Blake Wheeler probably appreciates 
having a bit of the burden of the sea come off him in those post-game interviews. Uh, when you have guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois who, who you know, want to step up to the podium and share, you know, what he, like I said, what he's been sharing all season long or Nikolai Ehlers that we've seen in the last little while here. Um, I think that takes a bit of burden off, off something. And another guy too, Josh Morrissey. I mean, he's certainly a guy who, you know, he has a letter on his chest. He's, he's been a guy who I think has always had that certain level of maturity um, and confidence to to kind of speak his mind or or share his opinions, you know, in, in an articulate way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I do think that we are seeing a bit of a shift here, whether it's reflective in in who's wearing the letters or not. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press is with us at Jeff K Hamilton on Twitter, and make sure you read all of his sports coverage in the pages of the Free and at thefreepress.com. Um, this this remaining twenty six games. And maybe this is a better conversation for two weeks from now after the trade deadline when, you know, you really do see the actions as to whether it's buyers or sellers. I think we all know where it's going to be. But, you know, once you get past that point and when it's pretty clear that, you know, from outside of a Hamburglar type run of winning 19 of your last 20, you're not getting in. How do you think they approach it? I mean, when it comes to will we see different lineups, will guys get a rest? Will we see some more younger players coming in. Um, you know, I think still they're going to go out and try and win each and every game. I mean, they're not at a position where we're going to be talking about, you know, trying to get in the mix for like a top, top pick in the draft. But I am very interested in as to how they kind of feel that they can use those final, say, 15 games of the season to hopefully put them ahead of the game when it comes to next year. Because, I mean, you would think that some of those younger players, especially on the blue line right now with the Moose, will figure into next year's lineup and experience does matter. Yeah, I'm 100% positive that if the Jets get eliminated or are out of the playoffs that you're going to see Villahanola back with the team, you're going to see Dylan Sandberg playing, you're going to see Declan Chisholm playing, you're going to see Johnny Kovacevic playing. Um, you know, Cole Perfetti, obviously, when he gets back, he wasn't exactly a send away. I mean, he just got injured. Um, you know, CJ Seuss, so you're going to see a lot of these, these, you know, younger guys come into the mix for a number of reasons. One, um, the assumption that Andrew Kopp would be traded or Paul Stassi would be traded or anybody else for that matter be traded would automatically just open up a, up a, up a position um, for, for someone new to come in. And then, you know, you know, there's an effort uh, from the jets to get those bodies in because it would just be, I'll use Sean Reynolds uh, comment from his post game, derelict of duty. <laughs> if you, if you aren't too, uh, if you don't, if you aren't thinking that way. Uh, and the other thing too, I mean, guys are banged up. I mean, Neil Pionk's not practicing. Um, the team's not really practicing, but when they do practice, Neil Pionk's not there. Uh, he's obviously dealing with something guys are dealing with, uh, you know, nicks and bruises and all these other things at this stage in the season, like every team. So that, that, that right there. If you're not competing for a playoff spot, you're probably not playing with an injury that could get worse and affect your offseason and, and, and all those things. So that that comes into play. But absolutely. I mean, if the Jets, you know, if the Jets are completely out of it or they're, ten, you know, double digit points out of the, um, you know, out of the playoffs by trade deadline, even if they're even closer. But if they trade guys, it's a clear indication that, yeah, I mean, these guys are professionals. You, you'd assume that anyone who puts on a Jets jersey for any of those games, regardless if it's a playoff hunt or not, are going to give it their all and do their best. Um, but at the same time, I think you're, you know, I think it'd be ridiculous not to look towards the future, look towards giving 
you know, if you're worried about trust issues or you're worried about, you know, guys making mistakes and costing you in a, in a regular season that matters, well, why wouldn't you take advantage of a regular season that doesn't? And, you know, GMs will never say this, obviously, um, but they make those moves. They put those younger guys in, um, not with the hope of losing, but if they lose, you know, it's kind of like a win-win. You know, you have guys that are getting ice time and, you know, getting this, you know, getting – uh, an opportunity to grow their game and develop, and then at the same time, you're not you're not climbing the standings to finish ninth place and have a worse you know a worse draft pick. As we all know, the Jets are pretty good at drafting, particularly in the first round. So the better the pick, the better you know you'd think the better the player or the better the future here. So um, that would certainly come into play. Uh, I know it's not what fans are necessarily looking for right now. The, the, the good news is if the Jets can somehow turn it around here, uh, you know, go on a little bit of a heater. I think you have a whole different narrative playing out um but yeah as far as you know what they would do in the event that they that that playoffs are no longer a reasonable option i have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you will see big time moves uh of guys guys being put on ir guys being you know sat out for injuries and and think of 2016 i mean think of basically the end of the 2016 season when i mean they shut enstrom down uh buff Hmm. wasn't playing i don't believe i mean a number of the players went down Brian Little was shut down for the rest of the season, and it was seemingly to try to get down because, of course, it was the Matthews line. And the Jets famously won like the last five or six games of the season. All the fans were freaking out that they were winning. But I mean, the management had done everything they could to try to put themselves into a position. The team played their hearts out, won a game, and then and then they were somewhat, I guess, karma rewarded them with, uh, with that second overall pick, uh, who, uh, by the way, is looking pretty good in Columbus right now. But that's another. That's another conversation, uh, conversation entirely. Oh, you mean back when the Jets used to be fun and good? Now they're not fun and not good? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, uh, you know what, listen, um, you know, we could do two hours on line A and, you know, what happened here and what didn't happen here. But I'll say this, uh, I think he is the perfect example of, um, you know, I think this team, because of the way that you mentioned, you know, the way that things have been worked, guys, you know, the room sort of run by the old guys. And, you know, it wasn't really, I always remember Zdeno Chara saying, you know what, if you're in this room, you're a Boston Bruin and, you know, we are not treating everyone differently. We need to count on you like a full member of the club. And uh, you're not a rookie. You know? Yeah. And, and, and usually, usually having an expletive after the rookie part, right? You're not that, like you're part of the team. Yeah, yeah. and and you know what I I'll, I'll always wonder how um the personalities and you know things that have nothing to do with on the ice um affected what ended up being what would have been have been honestly to think about winning that lottery getting the number two pick and then three four years later for Patrick Line to be playing in Columbus is still uh, is still something that is hard to wrap your head around. All that being said, Pierre Luc Dubois has been an amazing player an amazing addition to this hockey club um but you know you you kind of think like god if there's just some some way you could have uh maybe got him for somebody else but again that is wishful thinking and that that's going way back into the past and we don't need to do that right now uh just quickly thoughts on tonight for Sidney crosby and he and then they'll win the cup so uh, (laughs) yada 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 bob's your uncle um, uh, just quickly, tonight's game. I get a chance. We haven't seen Tampa in forever here. Um, back-to-back champs. And um, listen, I'm sure this team or Winnipeg is going to come out and still trying to show that many other people might think that it's done, but they believe in it. And uh, hey, you, you want to give people some small sliver of hope? Go up and play your ass off and uh, beat one of the top teams in the NHL, I guess, huh? 
And that's the way I view it. I mean, that's the way the Jets have to view it. Two points are the are the same no matter who you beat. But if you can somehow beat the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions who you haven't seen in two years, it, you know, there's no doubt that it that it injects a bit more confidence into your locker room. And, and then get and, out on the road, which I think will be good for this team. Oh, yeah, because last road trip really worked out well. I mean, the, you know, but but for sure, I mean, you have to put one, you have to put, the reality is you got to put one win before you can get the second win, before you can get the third win. So I just think, you know, I'm not suggesting that a big victory over Tampa Bay, which would be a massive victory, would be the catalyst that this team necessarily needs to go on this long run. But it would put a little bit of, you know, they've beaten some good teams this year, but they haven't beaten anyone I don't think as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, that would create maybe, a, you know, an extra jump in their step. And, and who knows, maybe launches them off into a uh, an insane winning streak and we're talking oh my goodness can you believe how ridiculous we were a couple of weeks ago who wants ago? to play the jets in the first this. round yeah, I told you so all those people you know on yada, team yada. in the league and the beauty is you know i'd welcome that with open arms if we could give some some of these fans something to cheer about and uh to feel good about well so. you know what it's funny i mean as i said i've sort of been at peace with where the team's at for a number of weeks especially with the recent results but i did always say and i think we've had this conversation if somehow the Jets caught fire and did what they had to do to get to the playoffs, just by definition of how steep the hill is, they would literally be the hottest team in the NHL going into the playoffs. Well, that's the good news, right? If they can can actually make the playoffs, if they actually can do it, they'll be one of the hottest clubs going into the playoffs, and who knows? Who knows? 18 of 20 heading into it. Everyone gets an extension. Everybody. (laughs) Uh, you, cer- you certainly get an extension here on WST for my friend. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, what do you got? Are you on the road here? No, Mike's heading out uh, out east. Mike's heading out east. Yeah, Mike's heading out east. I, I'll be home here. I got the Chicago uh, one, one and done, and then and then I think another trip. There's only a few more trips here. We're getting down to the the end here, but yeah. So just I got my CFL column coming out today, and uh, I'll be on Jets. Uh, uh, for the next, I don't know, I got a couple of days off here, actually. So I'll be on the Jets by the weekend. But uh, We'll enjoy it. We'll look forward to seeing what you've got coming up uh, daily in the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, take it easy and enjoy this one tonight. Thanks for having me on. And as as usual, thanks to the commenters. And, uh, you know, and again, congratulations to you guys on uh, on one year. It's a great achievement. Appreciate it, pal. At Jeff K. Hamilton, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Always an awesome visit with the Hammer. All right. Um, hey, cheers to all of you. We've been having some fun celebrating this anniversary today. Little Brown Jug has been, uh, let's just say we've done quite a bit of cheersing with the great taste of Little Brown Jug over the course of this year. And a special thanks to all the super chats that came in. I saw uh, Winnipeg Chaster and Dick Douglas uh, pop in. And uh, I did see one that was a, uh, a 1919 as well. I know what you're thinking with that one. Of course, 1919, the flagship brand, the Little Brown Jug, uh, also available, the Little Brown Jug Double, very popular at this time of year, and all the great tastes in the winter variety pack. You can pop down to the uh, brewery and tap room on William Avenue, have a couple pints and pick up all your beer there, grab it at your local beer store, Manitoba Liquor Marts, or delivery citywide Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays by ordering at littlebrownjug.ca. Um, Andrew Chef Chuck, the uh, Enright family, Boston Pizza, incredible supporters of ours from day one. We appreciate it greatly. And uh, of course, big game tonight. Thinking about a spot to grab a, a couple or maybe a great pizza, some wings before the game. Of course, Boston Pizza City Place is there for you. Our great friend Crystal, who took such good care of us all those years doing the 
pregame shows there with 1290. We'll take care of you and her wonderful staff. And if you're not going downtown today, pop by your local Boston Pizza Lounge for the game or order online at bostonpizza.com. Check out those game day deals for home delivery for tonight's game as well. And um, let's get to our Princess Auto curling report because the briar is going on we'll get to some briar odds for tonight later on when we uh, hit the cool bet lines uh but princess auto proud sponsors of team McEwen representing manitoba and of course our olympians jennifer jones and her squad and uh huge win today this morning for the manitobans mike McEwen and his rink beat the previously undefeated nova scotia rink today seven to four a huge huge win for them and meanwhile jason gunlickson the other manitoba team rolled over bc to the tune of nine to four um so what this means is that we have a pretty busy group at the top of each of the uh, the groups now over on uh, pool a maddie dunstone after that big win against kevin cooey last night has been uh, you know maybe the most impressive team so far they are five and oh brendan botcher is four and oh kevin cooey is four and one it really does seem like those three teams are probably going to be the three teams that advance right now barring one of the teams falling out uh but what a great run of course matt dunstone a winnipeg native and then over in Pool B, Brad Gushu's been perfect so far, 4-0. and oh. Brad Jacobs just has the one loss to Gushu. He's at 4-1. and one. And then you've got really three teams battling for that third and final playoff spot. Nova Scotia, Manitoba, and Jason Gunlickson. Gunner is 3-2. and two. Mike McEwen and Nova Scotia are both 3-1. and one. McEwen, of course, just beat Nova Scotia. So it's put them in a good spot. They will be all back on the ice tonight. Uh, but as far as what's going on right now, uh, we've got the afternoon draw coming up, the Saft. And uh, let me just see. I had it all with our cool bet lines uh today uh, alberta new brunswick uh, canada and the yukon dunstone in the wild card rink against pei uh, alberta canada dunstone all massive favorites one tight game this afternoon which should be a good one saskatchewan in ontario as far as the manitobans go tonight mike McEwen goes up against brad gushu big big matchup for them win would do wonders for them because uh, not a lot of other teams are beating gushu uh gunners going up is a big favorite against the northwest territories Nova Scotia, a favorite against BC, and Nunavut, a massive underdog against Brad Jacobs and Northern Ontario. Uh, we'll continue to follow the briar on our Princess Auto Curling reports throughout the week and into next week to discuss it all. And in the meantime, you know that Princess Auto, in addition to supporting curling and Mike McEwen's team and our community, is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. You can check them out at one of two local locations. Of course, they're family-owned nationwide, headquartered right here in Winnipeg. And you can also shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here. Uh, Remo, um, you know, we had a great, great time talking to Frank, and um, certainly Jeff's always one of our favorites to have on the program. But there was so much going on. I did miss uh, some of the super chats and just wanted to thank everyone for their support uh, that's been coming in today on the big anniversary of WST. 
Yeah, this has been a crazy uh, amount of support that we've seen uh, on Twitter. You know, we had an anniversary tweet, had a nice uh, looking graphic made for us. Um, you know, we're seeing so many, so many super chats. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate all, all the support from everyone. This has been a fun, uh, you know, a fun day today, marking one year. Um, and yeah, overwhelmed by the support from the sponsors as well. I mean, I wasn't sure if we could get any. Uh, to start so you know we wouldn't have been able to even do this if it weren't for uh, the guys who jumped on at the beginning so this has been you know been an incredible well, the best day part about, yeah the best part about it is from my perspective and i mean anyone that's done this sort of work before where you're building relationships and building sponsors is that um you know as hard as it is to get people on the most important thing is to keep them and um, the continued support from everyone far mm -hmm. beyond the initial yes. commitment um and the reaction that they've had from all of you is the reason why they're still with us. So um, that's a huge, huge part of it as well. Hey, speaking of sponsors, I know DQ Nick got a nice uh, got a nice message from DQ Nick earlier today. And um, he has done, should we do a world of Wheel of Winners at the end of the program after we do or, Cool Bet Lines? Or did you want to do a special marble race? Oh, I, I people are asking, for, are asking for an anniversary marble race for a DQ cake. Okay, okay, I'm in, I'm in. You know what? I'm going to be able to even look into the tickle trunk and we have see if we can add uh, add a few things. So uh, there you go, folks. We are going to do that. Now, you know, listen, the support of everyone. Eric, what up? Congrats on one year, Hassan Remus. Thanks for all you put out for here us in the area and across the world. Very, very uh, appreciative of that. Um, do you want to talk about this thing you've come up for the YouTube memberships? I know we were oh. going to do that earlier on. Sure. And then... We really didn't, but this has been something we've been thought about. It's a common thing. And I know we've seen so many people that have wanted to support, you know, what we're doing each and every day, um, specifically for the people that are with us on YouTube, kind of a very inexpensive and fun way to both uh, support and maybe uh, show off what a big part of the uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Nation people are. Sure. You know, we couldn't do an NFT, so this is kind of... <laughs> kind of kind of similar um i want an nft of remus sitting on the floor for the yeah. first show and then uh, but, uh we're on we're, we're on but yeah we're on but um you know people we don't really ask us for but a lot of people are so generous giving super chats and i thought it'd be nice people could have like um an icon beside their name in chat that shows they're a supporter so we do have youtube memberships it's it's two dollars you know the price of a breaking the of a coffee yeah, uh, you do, and you'll get a little microphone beside your name, and you can also we're gonna ha start making some emotes uh, you can use. So you know what do we have? We have one of you doing the wave. You're okay, like that this. Is, okay, can I just quickly tell people? So Remus yeah. is telling me about this, and I'm like, that's great. I want to make it too much. Oh, two dollars. That sounds something that you know. I think a lot of people would love to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's a great idea. And he said, okay, well, I'm working the designer to get some of the emotes I've made, and I'm not sure what exactly was happening or what show was going on but i basically i guess they got a shit of a, a, a picture of me at some point when i was doing something with my hands and essentially this thing came up like this i'm like good mm. god after all of my wave takes the hustler emote is me doing the wave and uh he was like oh my god that's exactly what you're doing oh. isn't it oh there we go eric jorlison first one oh wrench doozer first one and then so there's one of me like laughing so Eric's got his name is in green now, and he's got a little microphone uh, beside. That's kind of cool. So then we have uh, what else do we? Have? I think there's a Golden Boy one, and and some other stuff. And Tico Napoli wants to never miss an episode badge. I know Mitch 
Mitch as well. 100% attendance. Right yeah. on. Oh, there, there it is in the chat. That's pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> there it is, folks. If you're with us and right now on YouTube, Eric has just dropped the Hustler, <laughs> the Hustler Wave one. So listen, you do not need to do it, but especially for yeah. the people that are here all the time. Uh, yeah, it's two dollars a month. You can do it through YouTube. Uh, you know, all of it just goes to helping us upkeep the channel and. Uh, you know, some of the things that we're working on behind the scenes, whether it be graphics or equipment or whatnot. And uh, bottom line is we built, I mean, this community is something, I mean, we're doing the show here, but it is 90% the community is, you know, what you guys are bringing to us each and every day. So uh, we'll mention that over the next couple, but uh, shout out to the founding fathers of WST memberships today on our anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I did also announce. Uh, I mean, I see Kenny and Reddy. They have their um, what? They have their store. I did redo our uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, shop on our website. It's at the top. We do have. Uh, I did announce a uh, what? A hockey puck bottle opener there. And if you want to throw, I think it's cool. <laughs> and if you want to throw one in to the winner of the marble race, you can you can do that. We'll throw one in. Yeah. Okay. That sounds, uh, that sounds like a plan. So listen, we've got a special WST marble race. Um, you know what I, uh, well, you know what? We, we don't quite have the product as of yet. It would have been great to get some mm. of that CC and ginger to pop in oh. because of course our friends over at Winnipeg. Oh, oh, you know what I do. Okay. So here, this is the prize. This is the prize for today's impromptu marble race. The hoodies will be for Friday. But we've got a Winnipeg Sports Talk t-shirt, a DQ ice cream cake, and the first yet, the first ever Winnipeg Sports Talk puck souvenir bottle opener. Do you have one of them like physically yeah, there that you I'll can go show get, people? I'll Remus? go get one. It's pretty cool. Hold on. Okay, excellent. So you know what? Remus can do that. And uh, I will just mention to you that uh, our friends over at Canadian Club are uh, very excited about the launch of the uh, RTD, the ready to drink CC and ginger, which is going to be in your local Manitoba liquor marts later on this month. So there's a little tease for you. When we have it, we'll let you know for it. But in the meantime, sale prices on CC original oh. 1140s, CC classic 12 year 750s, is all month long at Manitoba Liquor Marts. And uh, then next month, we'll have Canadian Club displays in all 26 Liquor Marts, where when you buy CC, you'll get a free can of the new CC yeah. and ginger to try. Ready to drink market us. It's it's going to be really RTDs. hot this summer. Uh, 20, 29% what year-over-year year growth in that ready-to-drink market. So. It's 5% too. It's just like a beer. So, I mean, for folks that, you know, maybe you're, uh, you know, not as uh, fans of, uh, of beer. Or, and I'll say this. I mean, I, you know, popping by the beer store beside my place. I know G Gitch, I basically learned most of the uh, RTD market from our buddy Gitch, especially when heading out disc golfing. And um, I've tried a few of them, didn't like some, but now we get some of the best products on the market like a canadian club that i'm into right now so uh, add ice no need to mix as remus said mixing that's like 1800 stuff right now yeah you just get it ready to drink yeah you're not mixing getting a measuring out your alcohol please we're not doing that anymore who's got time to measure your quantity of uh, canadian club that you're pouring you can just buy a pre-mix it's so much easier 
<laughs> Love it, folks. I, and I, uh, hate. That's what I was going to say. I'm getting a lot of comments on the hat I'm wearing today, by the way. I do have the a, whips. That I, is that new? No. Uh, so I, so I have a collection of new, new era hats and, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, yeah. New era hats for a while. So this one I wore, I've only worn it twice. The first time I wore it was on the first show, but figured I'd wear it again. Uh, is that true? Yeah, I wore it on the, the first show. The first show, show was... <laughs> and I've ha- That's I just amazing. have it. Like, I'm too nervous to wear it because um, it's white and I'm going to ruin it. Like, I can't wear it outside the house. So. Yeah, I, uh, I actually just got a new one. Shout out to my buddy Dom, who got me a ProFit New Era Vancouver Canadians jersey. But I haven't really been getting into baseball stuff yet just because I've been so mad. Kabila's there. Les Thompson, you guys. Thanks a lot for the... Uh, the supporters as i said i am not sure if people are wondering exactly how to do it but uh we've got i i don't even know how to do it remus is uh you know behind this uh behind this all but bartholomew d kingsley um this is really great we we so appreciate all the support from everybody and uh yeah if you want to be able to use the uh the cute little emotes that we're coming up with and um just support the I'll, chat i'll have to come up there i'll have is. to come up with some there's jeff rocking the what i got a jets logo and uh things so yeah what about a ball gag? Can we get a uh, can we get you a ball gag? I can emote? get. I'll get whatever you want, whatever you want made. <laughs> but here we do have this. Uh, what the super the sports there it tuck? Is. This is the, it's a hockey puck. Yeah, and there's pictures on our website. It's also a bottle opener. How crazy is that? So that is part of the package. We'll T-shirt, throw one of those in. DQ cake. Obviously, if you win the DQ cake, yeah. you got to be here in Winnipeg Should to I... pick it up. But one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, Niverville DQ Northgate. DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. I mean, Nick's incredible support of us since uh, the start has been uh, has been so great. And uh, I know he was excited for this week. We'll squeeze one in for Friday as well. But uh, today, a very special one-year marble race for the anniversary. So I tell you what, Remus, why don't we open it up right now? Sure. And then while we're loading this, I will get to the uh, the cool bet lines for today. Um, so, oh, a dancing Gabe emoji. I don't mind that. That's another great idea. Yeah. You, you give us your, like you said, uh, you know what? Three winners are one. I think we're just going to do, we'll just do one. We'll do a special mm-hmm. anniversary package with the cake, the t-shirt and the, um, <laughs> bot- the puck bottle opener. Yeah. And then, and then I might add a few more things. If we're going to do a massive things with multiple prizes, we'll do that on Friday to finish up the week. Sure. They will throw a mug in on Friday. I got a mug. I can give you, you can, you can hand it out to someone. Um, I got to give you, give you some of these items. I did see who was it. Sorry. Someone mentioned if we could get a hockey puck, a grinder. So I was like, Oh, I never thought, I never Ooh, thought about I that. I bet I know who that was. I bet I know who that was. It was it Man? <laughs> no, I don't think it was Hootman. I think it was someone. Oh, and there's the gitch. Going. Okay. So we're open right now for marbles. Oh, let me start it. Hey, we did have some uh, news. Or are you going to do the lines? Yeah, yeah. Let me just do the lines. Okay, the raffle has been canceled. Now everyone's putting in marbles. I don't think this is going to work. We're going to need to. Oh, no, no. I started it. It's good. It's good. We're good. So okay, they're, they're coming in. They're coming in now. You just saw it again. If you did one before, just do it again just to make sure right now. In the chat, exclamation mark marbles. Let's get to the cool bet lines. Special shout out to my guy, Chris Abbott. His support of us from day one was huge in getting us going. And uh, listen, I'll be honest, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, because of the content I do with Dustin, um, the fact that, you know, we've been talking about betting in this space for far over 10 years as everything's grown. 
There's been a lot of other people that have wanted to jump in with us, but I was playing at Cool Bet myself long before this started. We'll continue to do, still think they've got the best odds, best customer service, and um, we wouldn't want to work with anybody else. So thanks to Chris, the gang there at Cool Bet for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's look at these lines. Man, we got a massive game, a massive night tonight in the National Hockey League. In addition to the champs coming to Winnipeg, a full, full slate. Um, abs at Devils. Abs minus 204 favorites. Golden Knights minus 175 in Philly. Um, Panthers, Penguins, pretty much a pick em. Panthers are on fire right now. They're putting up half a dozen a night. They did play last night, but a bit of a cakewalk in that 6-1 win. Um, Coyotes, Wings. Man, when was the last time the Wings were a minus 185 favorite in any game? Probably been a while. Maybe tonight's the night they get their home win. Detroit, a huge favorite at home. Toronto coming off that 5-4 win. Exciting game yesterday against the Blue Jackets. They're minus 270 at home against the Kraken. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, the struggling Minnesota Wild, minus 169. That number's gone up. I was all over the Rangers. And then I heard that they're starting Georgiev as opposed to Shesterkin. So cooled on that one a little bit. Central Division matchup between the Stars and the Preds. Preds, minus 128 favorite at home. Uh, Blues, big minus 244 favorite against the Senators. And the Winnipeg Jets, home dog tonight, folks. I don't know, you still got faith, plus 137 for the Jets to win. Tampa, minus 161. Two other games, 730 start. Ducks and Blackhawks from Chicago. Ducks, a, or sorry, Blackhawks, a slight minus 115 home favorite. And the night game, Washington, plus 108 on the road at Calgary, minus 128. Although, Remo, I do think there might be the potential for a bit of a letdown for Calgary. I believe they're playing. I think Dusty said today their fourth game in five nights uh, and coming off a rousing win last night in the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, I was going to... They were pretty cheap on DraftKings today, their top line, so now you're giving me pause. Um, you know, it's funny. You say, oh, maybe Detroit can get their first one, or maybe they can get Vimelka. So I think would think that would be a ripe opponent for, for uh, Corral to uh, feast on. I've been, I've been sort of fading the caps since uh, all of this Ukraine stuff happened. I mean, just, I mean, like legitimately. I mean, I think this is an incredibly tough time for... I mean, Ovi, regardless of what you think of him and what he's done with Putin in the past, this can't be a, 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 an enjoyable situation. You have Kuznetsov there, Orlov there, um, and a lot of the controversy around the team, not allowing any Russia or Ukraine stuff in the building. So they're on the road right now. Uh, but I do wonder, of all teams, whether this what's happening across the world may affect the Caps are, more than some other teams. Are they? Is Ovechkin getting booed at all? Another, I haven't heard anything anything about it um i wonder if something like that would happen yeah i uh, that is not something i've heard so far but we no. have heard some you know some blowback on some players so far you know more off the ice from people on social media and whatnot uh night card from the briar i mentioned both the manitoba teams are in action mike McEwen going up against brad gushu plus 315 underdog um and i'm already on manitoba on the rock line getting two and a half at minus 154 against gushu um, Gunner and Team Manitoba, big favorite, minus 1,000 against the Northwest Territories. This one could be closer. Five is a lot of points. I don't know. I think I might lean Northwest Territories plus four and a half. Maybe it's just because we had a good time with Jamie Cuy out at the Olympic trials. Heck of a good dude. Uh, Nova Scotia, minus 192 against BC and minus 115 on the rock line. And uh, Brad Jacobs, this is the biggest line I've seen all week long. 
eight and a half point favorite against Nunavut. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually cover it. Um, draw 12 specials tonight as well. These are always fun. Number of blank ends over under five and a half for just those evening four matches. And the total points, 50 and a half overs and unders available. Again, if you haven't bet a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% deposit up to $200 on your first deposit. And don't forget, you golf fans, You'll have to get one of the guys on tomorrow. Players' Championship starts Thursday. One of the best events of the year. Huge money. Sometimes thought of as the fifth major. And for you golf bettors and DFS players, for the first time, you will be able to watch every single shot live of every golfer in the tournament. So, govern yourselves accordingly. And check out today's edition of The Lock Shop. Dustin and I did that before we went on with WST with our favorite picks and best bets for the Players' Championship. All right, Reem, uh, we're getting up to 3 o'clock, but today has been such an awesome day. How could we not do a world-famous WST marble race to finish it off? Winner for today is getting a DQ cake from their location of their choice, a WST t-shirt, and the first one, hot off the presses, the WST puck slash bottle opener um uh you want to uh you want to close it out if you sure. haven't already i'll close it out and then i guess we didn't really touch you want to touch on a couple other things absolutely um, we never talked about calvin ridley that was yesterday he got suspended for a year for gambling bet i mean 1500 lost 11.1 million yeah. he said he bet 1500 on a legal sports book in florida while he no i thought you know, maybe he was, you know, he stepped away from his team for mental health re reasons. I thought maybe he stepped, you know, they forced him to step away because, you know, they were investigating this gambling thing and it was like a huge deal. But no, he was away from the team. He put a bet with his own name on a mobile app in Florida. Couldn't be like every other player who gets like a fall guy to do the bet for them. So like it's about, uh, you know, integrity of the game. You can't have players betting on it. You can't open that can of worms. Um, I, I think that's really you know disappointing to see that he you know surprising to see he even got caught or that he was stupid enough to use his real name. I mean, everyone knows you don't bet on your own league. So. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I heard O Dog talking about it on Overdrive, and he said you know he'd have people that would come up like friends of his say, hey, you know how uh, what's Ron Francis? How's Ron Francis feeling tonight? Do yeah, you think he might be in the game. Uh, how you guys feeling? And he's like, never ask me that again, ever. Because, you know, you get your backup on it yeah. because the guys in the suits come in and, uh, you know, they're very clear about what you can and cannot do. And anything to do with game uh, gambling on a league that you're involved in is an absolute no-no. And uh, listen, I don't know how much that eight-game parlay that Ridley was betting on was worth, but I guarantee you it wasn't 11 million. So uh, it's a major, major L. And we'll see what happens with that. Um, I know Gregory was asking, we did kind of hit on a bunch of the NFL talk at the beginning of the show. I mean, because that news was breaking right away. But if you join us a little late, Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers for another four years. They're going to be able to franchise Devontae Adams. So, I mean, a huge day for Packer fans. Um, but the other domino that fell after that was the Denver Broncos trading a big package, including a couple first round picks, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson. And uh, whew, the quarterbacking in that AFC West, I mean, Derek Carr, who had a really, really good season, 
probably the fourth out of four starting QBs right now. You got Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, to Patrick Mahomes all in the same division. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, and I'm fascinated to see what this means for Seattle going forward. Pete Carroll's future. Is this a complete rebuild? And uh, oh, I can't wait for the comments from Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf when they get a microphone put in front of them. Man, I mean, I have to think DK Metcalf's fantasy stock going way, uh, way down. Um, I think it's kind of sad the way that it worked out for Russell. They seem to be going so well, but um, you know, I saw, I'm not too sure what happened, but it seemed like there was a rift between him and the coaching staff. So. Um, I, you know, it's going to be weird seeing Russell Wilson in a, uh, Denver uniform, but, you gotta, but I saw Jerry Judy Broncos receiver tweeting out. He is super pumped up already. So th- I think that AFC West, man, uh, you got Herbert Mahomes. You said Derek Carr. I mean, the Raiders were, made the playoffs last year, barely. So that is an even tougher division right now. Yeah. Good luck on a wild card, Russ. Uh, welcome to the AFC West. It's uh, uh, going to be an interesting offseason. And there's a lot going on in the NFL now. Basically everything, the rubber's hitting the road with these decisions right now. Number of contracts getting restructured for day one of the league year. Uh, and then we'll get into some draft talk. We'll have to get Andy Mack on the next couple of days to talk about this stuff too. Um, it was the, the only quiet week of the season really in the NFL was last week. Uh, and that is not happening anymore. And hey, one other thing, Remus, that we should absolutely do and recognize is International Women's Day oh, today. Oh, yep. forgot to mention you know, that, yeah. Um, listen, we were so excited about the anniversary. I really did want to do this off the top of the program. Um, but a lot of special ladies that join us almost every day here. I think of Phyllis. I think of Tracy. I think of uh, our girl Taylor, who uh, I know is working now and doesn't often get here as much uh, alive as normal. Yep. Uh, but just a, sorry, continue. you continue. Sorry. Yeah, and just amazing members of our community. And yeah, of course, this is a sports show and the numbers will tell you we skew male, but uh, we love the contributions of uh, the women. And, you know, one of the other things that I kind of wanted to get to yesterday, I mean, you know, Remo, I'm a huge tennis fan. And um, I mean, I like so many, am a massive fan of Layla Annie Fernandez and her win in Monterey on Sunday. One of the most bizarre, bizarre uh, things you'll ever see. Uh, the lights went out on championship point. They had a 60 minute delay. She came back and I think she brought off five or six championship points uh, and went on to win her, uh, her second WTA championship. So huge, huge shout out to Alayla. Uh, but you know what this, you know, when we're talking sports, I'm happy to say that some of our best stories this entire year, we've been doing the program have been women's sports and, don't forget who was the one telling you right at the beginning of the Olympics that you were nuts if you weren't getting up when you had to to watch our Canadian uh, women's soccer team led by Winnipeg's Des Scott, one of my all-time favorites and one of the best interviews we've ever had on this program. Um, it's an exciting time to be a soccer fan in Canada right now. And the women of Team Canada have been the trailblazers. Respect to Christine Sinclair, all the champions, the gold medals, and of course, Winnipeg's Des Scott. So uh, yeah, with the, uh, the sports world is for everyone. Winnipeg Sports Talk is for everyone. And a special thank you to all the women that have contributed and uh, made us a part of this past year. Yeah, shout out to Phyllis. Uh, gave us a generous super chat. Thanks, earlier, Phyllis. Earlier as well. And yeah, we had to mention that. And again, I hadn't, I'm not up to date, you know, with all the international days. Seems seems to be a big thing on social media. I was getting a lot. I, I was caught by it every morning. I'm like, oh, what is this? But I mean, International Women's Day is a little different than, you know, 
Uh, I mean, there seems yes. to be a day every day, but, um, you know, especially in sports. Um, and I know that, you know, we've got a, I'm not sure whether today, actually today might be the, uh, the gender equality game. I think the Jets are calling it, but I did see a picture of, um, you know, all the female staff members of True yes. North out on the ice today. And of course I'll, um, you know, give a stick tap to Norva Riddell, who, uh, was a former client of mine and then a boss of mine for a number of years. And she's been just an incredible leader in that organization and for women, um, you know, getting into the sports community and uh, is really a mentor for so many young women that, you know, were um, trying to do many of the things that I was thinking that I wanted to do when I started there, um, you know, way back when. So, um, you know, there's a lot of trailblazers, a lot of, um, listen, it shouldn't matter what sex you are, where you're from, what you look like when it comes to working or doing a great job. It's about the product and the substance. And uh, Norvin, all those women at Truman are doing a great job. And, uh, you know, great to see all these stories throughout today, Remus, as we uh, as we find out more about the, the recognition of international women. Yes, uh, yes. Very, very well said, Hus. Hit, hit the nail. Hit the nail on the head. There's, oh, I see Mike Wynn more. dropping big anthem. Is that that might be uh, our uh, favorite Bev dropping it uh, dropping it tonight, Mike? Uh, give us a give us a confirm in the chat. Yeah, listen. I was going to ask you. You know, I know it's not Friday. Am I playing the marble race theme, or is that uh, a yeah, Friday? Yeah, marbles. I mean, absolutely. I mean, okay. maybe some people haven't seen this before. Normally, folks, this is a special occasions. The one year anniversary. Normally, this only happens on Friday at the end of the week. But with the incredible support we've had from all of you, uh, we figured, what the heck? Let's fire up the marbles today. And uh, when we're doing marbles, speaking of women, Candace Jane, another great regular with us, who I think did much of the animation. And our guy Tristan Rivers, the uh, the muse of the Marvels theme of WST. Okay, let me get it ready. Oh, yeah, and before we go, I do want to add that we also have um, oh yeah, Winnipeg Ice tickets to give away. We're giving away tickets to Saturday's game against Brandon. Go to our website, WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Click on contest. You can enter the contest there, and you know, put your email in. You can do a couple other things. Check out our social medias. Get you some bonus entries and we'll give those away friday morning people people want to hear this marble theme and i do want to say one thing we joked about this yesterday because uh, people have complained to me that the marble theme is too loud and it wakes up people um you know when they're listening at work and i commented actually that you know our i often fall asleep with headphones in my ear us and sometimes I've woken up at like three in the morning and I listen to podcasts and it just like rotates through all the podcasts and I'll wake up at 4 a.m. or something to hearing the intro to this show. So I did uh, bump it down and I told you this story and you told me, yes, that has happened to me as well. So I want to give an apology to anyone who's been woken up by our intro while falling asleep to podcasts. Multiple times a week, I'll be listening to whatever, and then uh, all of a sudden, we'll get it. And uh, shout out to our old boss, Rack Carney, who helped us with the intro. And uh, yeah, that sometimes is a bit jarring. So we will try to adjust the levels a little bit. But uh, hey, buckle up. Here's the Marbles intro, because we're doing a special anniversary marble race on WST.
Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to get it ready. I was too mesmerized by the thing here. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um, so yeah, for any newcomers, welcome. This is normally a Friday feature, but today it is a special day. One year of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and one of the most popular things we've done all year is uh, giving away some great prizes and uh, having some fun with the marble race. So we will still do a big anniversary week marble race on Friday. Uh, but today, shout out to everyone that has entered. Again, we're doing one prize, and it is a package, a DQ cake from Nick and Nicky DQ, WST t-shirt, and WST puck slash bottle opener. Um, Remo, without further ado, why don't we uh, finish off the anniversary show by dropping them? All right. This track, Robotic Roadway. I don't, okay. I don't know this one, so. This is another one I don't think we've done before. They all start off the same, going down the Plenko onto the track. Okay, what do we got here? Looks like we got Boyko Sucks in first. John D, Travis Boyko. Irvine. Travis Irvine, not related to Chris Irvine. I already asked him. Oh, did you confirm that? I, I confirmed confirm that. that. Yeah, that's... Um, Travis Chris is looking pretty good right now though this is one of those weird you know you never know which route you're taking which is the best one but it looks like we've got a lot of guys into the funnel right now now it's a matter of who can find the hole first i think somebody just hit the hole on the fly actually and went right down that was big oh we've got bartholomew we've got a couple eliminations travis irvine don't get hit by the thing travis is in the lead who else is in there i think ryan by jay is in the mix right now Oh, big jump okay, coming up. Here we go. Tyson Ducharme. Can Tyson make it happen? Oh my god, what is this? They're all falling. How are they gonna no, make Tyson's this jump? floating, floating. I think there's maybe some like hair dryers or something below that were blowing the marbles up. Let's see if Tyson makes it through. He's 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 above it. He's above it. Tyson's on. Oh Tyson is on oh Zach. So, Zach, I think Zach just went down. Tyson has the lead. This would be Tyson's, I think, first ever marble race win. Here we go. So Tyson is still in, unless someone gets slingshotted all the way in, which has happened before. But Tyson Ducharme is in the lead. And Tyson, first ever victory. I think he's been in pretty much every marble race. And now is our first ever and this is a guy i think that'll have plenty of uses for that bottle opener i'll tell you that much um we'll get him the dq cake we'll get him a wst t-shirt maybe even something else in the tickle trunk if i see for you tyson and uh shout out to everyone else that came in what a great great crew today been a super fun show what it should be a fun show remo it's been a fun year and uh, i'll tell you what thanks to our sponsors thanks to everyone that's in with us each and every day um we are just getting going um uh, i know at some point we'll figure out a way to get you a day off or two yeah uh, <laughs> may i may have to start doing the show on Streamlab at some point if uh, we need to do that but the bottom line is we're going to be here every day for you when you get out of work this sucker is going to be in your podcast feed with whatever we're talking about for the day starting off with winnipeg sports and all the other fun stories in the sports world that we want to get to and uh, we'll certainly be live here on youtube at one o'clock Special thanks to the Super Chats today. Very much appreciated. And uh, all the green in the chats, very cool for the uh, for our memberships. Uh, we'll be working on some new emotes that can use. Mm -hmm. 
but feel free. I won't be triggered by the wave emote. I actually thought that was very, very funny. And um, well, as we wait for Chris, oh, a Chris could get burnt. I think this is what's going to happen. Chris got burnt. What happens when you take too long? You don't make it out. But uh, there we are. Tyson Ducharme, Sean 3T, Greg M, Key, Moose 3, Doug Phil, the nice performance, Comet, Derek Schmidt, Ernie Thiessen. Ernie's been good in the past, and Rambler, 231. Um, hey, great year, great show. We'll be back tomorrow. And, oh, I should have mentioned this beforehand, but, folks, very special guest tomorrow for the program for our anniversary week. One of our all-time favorite guests, none other than the O-Dog himself. Jeff O'Neill is going to be joining us. And we'll also have one of your favorites. I know Murata Tesh with the latest on the Jets as the team hits the road after tonight's game. Um, to finish up the program, once again, thank you to the people that make this show happen each and every day. Nick and Nikki DQ, Canadian Club, Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, and looking forward to uh, getting back into summer and bringing Breezy Ben back on board and Assiniboia Downs and our friends at Aikens Lake and having a heck of a lot of fun throughout this next year. Uh, Remo, to finish off, do you have any other uh, greetings or thank you, salutations for uh, the peeps before we get ready for this game? Um, no, I think we've said it all, Hasta. I got uh, nothing. I'm just very appreciative of all the support, uh, support from everyone. This has been pretty, um, pretty cool to see. And especially, you know, as disappointing as the uh, Jets season has been, I I'm get happy uh, communicating with everyone here in the chat and uh, seeing all the people listening on podcasts. So shout out to the podcast listeners as well. You got it, folks. Um, we will uh, see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock. I'll be up in 316 tonight. If you're around, I'll probably be hanging around in that corner bar. So if you're up in the upper deck, definitely come by and say hi. And otherwise, tomorrow, Murata Tesh and the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, to kick off year two of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. Oh, my God. Oh! 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 Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.